Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. On into a massive Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio. So glad that you are with us. We are live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance, geico.com. For a free rate quote, Nick is going to buy, be by momentarily here as we get all of our technical I's dotted and T's crossed here at Fox Sports Radio. But I just want to say this. I am like many, many millions of Americans right now getting ready to send our children back to school. For my particular family, school will start on Wednesday. They got their class list yesterday. My son looks at me and goes, Dad, I got the strict guy for math. He's starting middle school this year. And therefore, we had at the dinner table last night a conversation about keeping an open mind. I said, please, don't, don't, uh, don't decide on your way in that your teacher is mean or strict. You need to decide that to your own. You need to have an open mind. Nick, first off, hello. This is for me checking another box. I always enjoy getting to do a show with someone I haven't done uh, a show with before. So good afternoon, and uh, and I'm looking forward to today. It's it's a radio shotgun marriage, the yes, best kind. Is. We might as well go to Vegas and just make it official. Yeah, I'm, I'm now, excited. Are you pregnant right now? Uh, we, <laughs> we, we need a reason for this. Are, are you pregnant? Go I'm ahead, pregnant. I'm okay. drunk. I'm all, all option D. All of the above. Okay. okay, all the above. Okay, good. So you'll be you'll be a family guy then shortly, doing the same thing I'm doing, having conversations over the dinner table about. Don't hate your teacher before you've even had a moment to meet your teacher. Right. And I feel the same way today about the forthcoming, although surprisingly not here yet, uh, Ohio State news. What are you hoping, because I have a very open mind as to the way this is going to go, what are you hoping to hear them say today whenever they say it? 
what did Urban Meyer know? When did he know it? And what did he do? And there needs to be documented proof of all of that stuff. Because when the, the story initially broke, I think everybody's fear or immediate thought went to swept under the rug, didn't take it serious, uh, tried to to cover up for a guy, a wide receivers coach, and that is obviously all really, really bad. Uh, so I think the 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 first thing you're going to need to, I'm going to be looking for whenever this news comes out, is just that. Because Urban Meyer claims he followed protocol. It's what he said in the statement, even right. though he lied n- not once. People think it was just at that podium at Big Ten Media Days. He, he, Mark, he lied nine times at Big Ten Media Days about what he did with that 2015 allegation. But for me, he claims he followed protocol. Well, I, I, I would think there's got to be some sort of documented proof of that happening. I think at the very least, at the very least, you need to know, the nation needs to know that Urban Meyer took this allegation and this situation seriously and followed whatever protocol is in place at Ohio State University, that that's what I'm hoping for. I'm so glad that you didn't, uh, because I, like you, do not go here. I'm so glad that you didn't say, I'm looking for Urban Meyer to be fired or I'm looking for Urban Meyer to be suspended. Nick, I've got a rule whenever I've got a microphone open doing radio or television, it's not my job to fire anybody in sports. So I I, I don't do that. I'm not here to say Urban should be fired. Urban should be suspended, especially as we sit here, like you just detailed, we don't know exactly what happened. So what I'm looking for is an extension of what you just said. I am looking for evidence that Ohio State today is going to put this topic and this story ahead of money and football. That's what I'm looking for because what Penn State, for instance, did, like so many universities before it, this one was just more serious, is the first thing I think that – I mean, it's, it's, it's normal. It's normal when something like this happens, you immediately go protect the brand, protect the money. But then at a certain point we go, hold on a second, human lives are being ruined here. And this one, while maybe not as serious because it's not as many people and it wasn't happening on the grounds at the football uh, headquarters, uh, we are talking about a a human life that that certainly uh, was in danger. She certainly felt like she was in danger. There's a family affected here. What I would love is for this to be yet another step in the process of us realizing that while sports and college football at a high level and even money are important things, uh, it, it bothers me when human life is in some sort of peril and our first thought is, well, we, we, we got a game in 19 right. days. What, right. well, what are we going to do about that? Oregon State is coming, and that's what always makes me feel ill about stories like this. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing should supersede the safety of a, a, a man, woman, or child, and and that should be. I mean, it's sad that we even have to like restate that, but right. that's the reality of our, our our situation here. I think the one of the things I was thinking about, I was talking to some of my friends last night about this, and if it, let's say Urban Meyer was a a meddling five hundred coach who had never won a championship, everything is the same, but he's a meddling five hundred coach, never won a title. My guess is he's already gone. Yep. And so that makes you realize what this is all really about. And so it, it, it kind of begs the question of what are we willing to deal with for a winner? What are we willing to deal with for a guy that is on the short list 
of greatest college football coach ever. Not like current, like greatest college football coach of all time. And I think that's an uncomfortable question that a lot of people have a hard time entertaining what that looks like. Because if this was if this was Luke Fickle, who you know back in two thousand, right. if, if if this was Luke, Luke Fickle's gone, yep. Luke Fickle yep. is out. So that that is a window into what this is really about. So I'm just uh, I, I'm I'm curious to see what ends up happening here with this investigation, and then ultimately. You know, who falls on the axe or falls on the sword. Bruce Feldman will join us on this very topic in 10 minutes. Nick, you're, you're, you're not wrong at all. Although, if we put aside for a second the domestic violence uh, kind of backdrop of this particular story, and we just go to all stories in sports, and quite frankly, even beyond sports, this is something that I feel like a lot of people point to and say, oh, this is wrong. In other words, what you're saying is there are different rules for different people. Yeah. And you know what I've come to? uh, I don't know. I didn't get here maybe until I got to my 40s. You know what? I'm okay with that. There are always different rules for different people. That's the way it is. Your history, it follows you. If you've got a kid in school who misbehaves a lot, well, the the administration and a teacher is going to react quicker to that kid than they are the studious kid who just has all of a sudden for the first time in five years suddenly has a bad day and gets into a fight on the playground. There, there are always different rules for different people. Your resume brings you to that point. I'm okay with that. What's difficult with that particular subject with Urban Meyer is while you'll say, okay, his resume is that he's a winner, his resume also says there's been no major issue we know about. His resume also says over 30 major arrests at Florida – And a very curious departure over a health reason that never really showed itself to be true. Right. So to me, it's been fair when people do bring Florida into this Ohio State conversation. Absolutely. I mean, and and then even so you can go all the way back to the Florida thing, but even in just looking at what's happened in the past month. Urban, it it feels like once the, the news broke that Zach Smith had been fired. Every subsequent thing that has happened has chipped away at Urban Meyer's benefit of the doubt. You have the Big Ten media days where, listen, if you followed proper protocol, why lie? Right. What, why? Right. Why lie? What? What? I mean, if you did the right thing, it makes no sense for you to lie uh, when you're when you're up at the podium. Then you even have all the different things that have come out with Brett McMurphy's reporting, where you know, Zach Smith goes on the radio, says or on TV, and says, "I, you know, I listen, never did anything illegal, right. never right. hit my wife." And then there's immediately text messages <laughs> saying, "Well, you are admitting to doing that." Right. So just it just everything is chipped away at that benefit of the doubt, which, which also makes this thing tough to deal with as well. Well, I think you bring up a good point with the question. Why? So it's not even, I think, for most people that he lied. It's why did he lie? And I think that that's part of this story. Because when people say, okay, what did we know? And that's what we're looking for today. What did we know that Urban Meyer did? Well, all we know right now is that he lied. Well, hang on. The fact that he lied suggests that there's an awareness to a problem with his assistant coach. And it's an assistant coach he continued along two different universities to employ. So that means that while being aware of a problem, even if he reported it, he also allowed that person to remain on his staff. Therefore, there's responsibility there. I'm sorry, there just is. Sure. And 
you know, and Brett McMurphy's obviously uh, done a, done a good job with this story for the most part. I, I thought there was one thing that was interesting that I don't know if a lot of people caught. So th- think about this now for a second. Zach Smith, his bonus, the the bonus he got at the end of the season yep. in 2014 was fifty thousand dollars. Okay, then in 2015, the year of the the allegation, his bonus was five thousand dollars. <laughs> the year after that, it was seventy three thousand dollars. Now, I don't need to be Sherlock Holmes to be able to kind of connect some dots that that seems like there's a little bit of a punishment, at least acknowledging, hey, man, you messed up. You yep. did, you know, cut it out, right? I mean, it, I just think that's interesting. I don't know what his contract looks like. You know, we got the yo yo bonus clause. We're going to have you go 50,000. <laughs> we're going to go, we're going to go to 5,000. We're going to go back to 73,000. Yeah. I just think that's interesting, too. There's just, again, chipping away at that benefit of the doubt has been hard to digest throughout this past month. Two things on that. One, yes, I agree with you. It proves there's knowledge. And then, two, man. How good to be in a college football program. <laughs> Even when you're an idiot, you still get some bonus. Something. Like what do you what do you have to do for that bonus to go down to zero? <laughs> what 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 does what a guy gotta do? Look at this guy he's getting arrested. He's having sex toys delivered. <laughs> he's hitting his wife, and they're like, well, he still gets five grand. Five I, grand. I'm like, man, oh man. All right. With Nick Botts, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio, and Bruce Feldman will join us on this next. Bruce Feldman, in a couple of minutes, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Nick, I just saw this. Did you see Jim Ursay's uh, tweet this morning? I did not. <laughs> okay. Jim, Jim can be a strange guy. Yes. Um, he tweets at 825 Pacific this morning, so almost exactly four hours ago. We're losing a legend today. Details shortly. Oh, what the heck does that mean? That's a tease in our industry, right? That is, it's a major tease, but I mean, when you're the owner of a football team. And then, by the way, details shortly, dot, dot, dot. Four hours later, we still don't have them. Uh, This is, um, okay, hold on. I think, I think. I think it's that the voice of the Colts is retiring. Ah, that's okay. The, that's the word that's now circulating. He had people for a, a good solid hour thinking they were trading Andrew Luck, <laughs> which I don't know if Andrew Luck yeah. is a legend. Or, it's but, right. You know, but uh, I'm sure Jim thinks he is. Right. I mean, there, there's uh, – there's you can't be messing with, with the Colts' uh, emotions like that, right? No. I mean, you you got to understand your audience and understand where people are at here – just need to, to minimize the teasing at this point, you know, Jim. We need to slow that down. No doubt. So uh, while we're uh, while we're sitting here on the quarterback uh, topic, uh, we can talk about this a little bit more coming up later. Uh, if Andrew Luck, there's a couple ifs out there uh, when it comes to quarterbacking in the NFL. There's all these legends who are like above 35 years old, right? You got your your Brady and your Rodgers and your Breeze and your Rivers, and I've heard a lot of people. In recent years, be like, gosh, what what has the NFL got when these guys do retire? And I'm looking around and I'm going, if a couple ifs become yes, I mean, if they're, you know, Andrew Luck is back healthy, if Garoppolo is what he looks like he is, and some of these first round quarterbacks end up working out, I mean, we might be entering a golden era of quarterbacking. There, there are tons right now. Yeah, uh, it, and and what's cool about it is there there's a blend of styles with them too. I mean, you have the athletes and 
Wentz and Wilson and Luck and Watson and Marcus Mariota, but you still have the blend of the old school, like pure pocket guys, Goff and Jimmy G and Carr. So, the, it, although we kind of, I, I still think in 10, 15 years, we're going to see a more athletic quarterback be kind of par for the course at this point you still have a blend of styles which makes it fun I mean you want to be able to turn on a TV it's I enjoy being able to turn on and watch Cam play yep. and watch Tom Brady play and you're like man it's two different ways to skin a cat both are effective and that makes it enjoyable uh, no doubt and I think when you uh, I think when you look at some of the rookies uh, same deal as well uh, both of us have some thoughts on Baker Mayfield that we'll get to coming up in about 10 minutes but right now here he is at Bruce Feldman, CFB, uh, Fox Sports, FS1, and The Athletic on College Football. Bruce Feldman now joins us live. Bruce, great to have you. Thanks so much for doing it. What What are you expecting to hear from Ohio State today when they do come out and talk? You know, I think it depends on what they find in their investigation because my hunch was going to be, unless they found some kind of smoking gun in the uh, – either in the interviews they did or, or maybe an email trail that Urban Meyer didn't quite act appropriately by their policy and procedure, I thought they were going to keep them. Now, one thing that's become clear over this last two weeks since Urban Meyer issued a statement, Zach Smith's character is such a mess yeah. and you have such a shady guy. You keep thinking, like, there's so many so many red flags on this guy. It's like, what were they thinking keeping him on, but is that what's going to be the determining factor there? Because, I mean, at this point, I think you're looking at it through the prism of 2015 and what did Urban Meyer know and actually what did he do about it? And if he didn't intentionally mislead his superiors, then I think there's a good chance he's going to keep his job. But keep in mind, when Ohio State issued that statement on Friday night, it's coming from the president. It's going to be the president of the school's determination on what they do. So... The facts may be one thing, and then the interpretation may be a little, maybe something else. Bruce, in any sort of like trial, the length of the deliberation can at times tip the hand of maybe what the jury is thinking. How, how do you read into the length of time? And I know they set that two-week mark, but even reading into that and how that's kind of played out, do you read into, into that one way or the other? You know, I think they narrowed it in scope quite a bit because this thing could have gone a lot further along considering, you know, all the people involved and what they could be looking at, especially Zach Smith's body of work, as as dubious as it is. But in the case of this, it looks like they were just trying to define what he did at a certain point in time and, like I said, how Urban Meyer handled it. So it's very, very narrow in scope. Bruce Feldman joining us right now. Bruce, here's my big question. Um, I feel like if Ohio State comes out and says, yes, Urban Meyer informed us uh, at the correct time of what was going on, I think fans will say, okay, Urban, you know, he washed his hands of it. Isn't the next question, well, then, hey, what did the athletic department do about this? Because of what you just pointed out, Zach Smith's character and his behavior were so obviously negative if the athletic department supports Urban Meyer, aren't they putting themselves in harm's way? Well, they could be, but keep in mind that that uh, in the case of this Zach Smith incident in question, Gene Smith, the AD, was the one who informed Urban Meyer. That's his boss. So, you know, what exactly was going to be the protocol in place when your boss already knows and 
it's entirely possible that the police were the one who informed Ohio State's leadership. So if the police informed them and then the police didn't find any charges, I could see how Ohio State can can get tangled up in that quite a bit. But ultimately, you know, again, I think it comes down to the perception for a lot of fans, if he keeps his job, it's going to be okay. Well, Urban Meyer was exonerated by this. And what does exonerated mean in this case? I mean, what Urban Meyer said at, at Big Ten Media Days in Chicago three or four weeks ago was not forthcoming. It was not honest. It was a mess. And that's why I think it's, it's uh, you know, kind of a, a slippery slope Ohio State is on right now with this. What gets, within this investigation, what would be the smoking gun that gets Urban terminated? If he intentionally, they determined, misled his superiors. So if there's some kind of email, let's say, look, if, if there's some kind of documentation or email or text messages where he has knowledge of this stuff and his, it's come out that he is looking to, sub, to subvert information or, or cover things up, I mean, that would be very damning. I don't know how Ohio State would get around that and, and keep him on. So to me, that's the biggest concern. You know, if you're an Urban Meyer person, is, is not, not necessarily what will corroborate his side of it, but is there stuff to the contrary that would portray a much more, you know, uh, dubious handling of this? Bruce, uh, my perception of Urban Meyer has certainly adjusted a little bit through this process because I think it's fair to suddenly now look back at, at, at things that happened at Florida, all of the trouble that his, his kids got into, the way he left Florida, certainly questions about that. How about you? What, and, and how well do you know him? What is your perception of Urban Meyer the guy? I mean, I think I know him reasonably well. My perception is he is a coach who's – all about winning and that doesn't mean if he can't help his 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 players develop as better people then i think it's not mutually exclusive i don't think that makes him necessarily a fraud but i think when you start talking about being about honesty and zero tolerance towards domestic violence you start seeing some of this other stuff which seems to run counter to that that's not a good look but uh I do believe, you know, a lot of people are going to look at it and go, well, you know, this is all, this is all just a big hypocrite and everything. You know, I do believe he has better kids now at Ohio State than he did at Florida. I think they're doing more positive stuff with them. But some of this other stuff just doesn't add up with, with Zach Smith, such a questionable character. And you knew about it. And so many people around there seem to know about it. And yet it was, you basically tolerate it. And to me, that's that's just such a bad look, and that's going to be part of his legacy, whether he keeps coaching or not. Bruce, you touched on this a little bit, but I want, I want, you, to expand, I want you to expand on Gene Smith in particular and what his future could be with all this, because in some ways, his silence throughout the past couple of weeks has really been telling, if you, if you read into it that way. Sure. I mean, you have a, a well-respected AD in the business who's in his, in his uh, mid to late 60s, he hasn't said anything. And it's like, is he not saying anything because he doesn't want to corrupt the investigation or send out mixed messages? Or is it because he really is on shaky ground? I mean, it's entirely possible he's on shaky ground with this. And just from the comments of Urban Meyer and his statement that he tweeted out, you know, two or three weeks ago, as well as Zach Smith's comments, 
uh, the ball was certainly seems like it was in it was in Gene Smith's court, and he's as tied to this ugly stuff as Urban Meyer is in some regard. Bruce, great to have your perspective today. Thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, there he goes. Bruce Feldman on college football and the Ohio State situation right here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, are the Browns trying to do two things at once, two things that don't fit together? We'll get to that. But right now, let's get Steve DeSager in here with the latest out and about. Steve, what do we got? Good afternoon. Enjoyed the interview. And Bruce is a really good information man and he knows is. college football. I think what I got that from that last interview, though, is that Urban Meyer has better people now as recruits at Ohio State than when he had Aaron Hernandez at Florida. Well, and that's not well, hard to do, <laughs> okay, is it? Okay, that's yeah, the that's, standard. That's, so we've improved from Aaron Hernandez. <laughs> there, there might be space to continue to go, don't you think? All right. Yeah, just, just, just a thought. The sky's the limit and you mentioned Bob Lamey <laughs> retiring as the Colts longtime radio voice over 30 years in that job in fact he started the first year the team came to town 1984 is when he started as Colts play-by-play man for those who don't know the voice Bob Lamey was also an undeniable homer, as you often hear on the local calls in the NFL. I might have gone with they're going to the Super Bowl, but but he's not wrong. He went to the Super Bowl. For those who didn't like him nationally, they thought his last name was kind of appropriate. (laughs) He was the Indiana Pacers uh, announcer up through 1984. (laughs) <laughs> for about a decade before the Colts came to town. Happy to mention the there name, though, go. and congratulations yeah. and best wishes. <laughs> Congrats on your retirement. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. All right. The Redskins are having tryouts for running backs today. Jamal Charles and Orleans Darkwa today reportedly, and Adrian Peterson in for a visit with Washington tomorrow. The Chiefs side defensive back Orlando Skandrick, who was cut by Washington last week. The Bengals are cutting starting safety George Iloka, who was due over $5 million this season. Bills quarterback A.J. McCarron, who started and was awful this past week, is getting a second opinion on his shoulder injury. L.A. Chargers safety Jalen Watkins suffered a torn ACL. Cowboys All-Pro guard Zach Martin will have an MRI on his injured knee. The team's optimistic that it's not serious. The NFL has the day off. One exhibition on Monday night. The college football season starts Saturday. This coming weekend, Saturday, with four games. Most teams play a week later. Quick update on baseball. Yankees up 8-2 over the Blue Jays in bottom of the sixth. D.D. Gregorius of New York left after a collision at first base. It's called a bruised heel injury. And the Red Sox at home are still down 1-0 to the Rays in the bottom of the eighth. Gee, I hope they hold on to their lead in the AL East. There's no way they'll lose. They don't lose. (laughs) No, they don't lose baseball games. I noticed that. At 88-36, and you're almost correct. Meanwhile, the Orioles are almost eliminated from playoff contention, just for the record. They're down 8 nothing at Cleveland in the top of the seventh. And great news for the Indians outfielder Leonis Martin due to get out of the hospital today. He had a serious bacterial infection. Back good, to you. Good stuff. Steve, thanks so much. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We'll get to Baker in a second. Uh, Mark Willard, Nick Bond. Nick, I, I wonder what you think about this, just based on what Steve was uh, saying a moment ago. So the Redskins, uh, they lose Darius Geis for the season, and so now they're bringing in running backs. And two of the names we heard there, Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles. You know, I got really good advice from a close friend one time, and it happens in this business where a contract doesn't get renewed or, or whatever. And uh, so I was moving from one company to the next. 
And there's that thought that as soon as as soon as something, you know, dries up, you're like, okay, but that's what I do. So now I'm going to look for a new company to do the exact same thing. And he gave me really good advice. He goes, you know, don't necessarily try to go repeat history. Open yourself right. up because who knows? It, there there could be multiple directions. And uh, you might love you might love it even more. It might even be more successful. Who knows? And that ended up being really, really good advice. And I might say the same thing to the Redskins right now. Jamal Charles and Adrian Peterson. Listen, I know that in the real world they're not old, no. but we we've watched this reclamation project with both of them already tried, and it doesn't work. So don't try to repeat history. Yeah. Well, and I mean even. You, you saw this in the NBA with, with the Knicks a, about a year ago or so, and they had Joakim Noah, Ro, Derek Rose, and Carmelo Anthony. It's like, yeah, that team would have been good in 2011. Yes. You know, I mean, but it's unfortunately times have changed. And the, but there always seems to be, and this happens in a lot of different industries, but it, it, we're talking about the sporting industry. There is this sometimes franchise arrogance of, well, I know it didn't work, the reclamation project didn't work with the Saints. And Adrian Peter, but but listen, that was the Saints. We're yeah. the Redskins. We we can do it. We we he just needs to get into the into our building, and then he will be the old Adrian Peterson. And and sometimes the first step you need to take as a franchise is being real with the, with yourself, and then being real with the situation at hand. And uh, that that arrogance can get you into trouble at times. Yeah, I wonder if the Redskins know what the outside world is saying, which is, dude, it didn't work with the Saints. There's no way in hell. It's going to work with the Redskins. <laughs> That's on, an man. actual offense that works. Did you see right. how many running backs were awesome with the Saints last year? So, anyway, I, I, you know, look, the Lakers tried to do this. Remember? Yep. Ooh, we could have Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. That worked great in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, no, it's over. Don't, don't, it's try over. To, don't try to repeat that deal. Um, all right, you said something interesting uh, over an email early this morning with regard to Baker Mayfield, and – you said the Browns might be trying to do two things at once. What's your thought here? Yeah, I, I think I think the biggest thing you need to have with an organization in the NFL is a clear-cut, defined path that everybody's on the same page with. And it appears right now that the the Browns are on this path of, hey, let's go get Tyrod Taylor. He went to the playoffs he's a guy that's good enough to get us to the playoffs right now. Let's go get Jarvis Landry. He's a pretty proven wide receiver. We, we, we can he, He'll be the, the target for, for Tyrod Taylor, so, so we can maybe make some noise and try to win some games and, and potentially sneak into the playoffs. But then at the same time, they go use the number one pick and draft Baker Mayfield, which at the end of the day, when you are drafting a quarterback, you are kind of going down that rebuilding ro- road. And so Cleveland is is going down two paths at once. And the reason that is, Mark, is because you have a head coach in Hugh Jackson that is sitting here saying, okay, I just went 0-16. Right. I've won one game in two years here. I recognize and read the tea leaves that if I don't win, I'm going to get fired. So with that on his brain, he's sitting here saying, I mean, hammering this in the summer, Tyrod Taylor's a starter, Tyrod Taylor's a starter, it's not going to be Baker, it's Tyrod Taylor. And then even last week, he goes a step further saying, you know, Baker might not even be the second string guy. Drew Stanton might be the second string guy. And I, whenever you have a coach that is in self-preservation mode 
and a front office that could be in rebuilding mode, those two things are at odds and are and could potentially come to a head if things don't go well, where you lose a, a few games early on, where all of a sudden now there's going to be a big clamoring to put Baker Mayfield in these games, and Hugh Jackson knows that, yep, that's probably the, the stamp uh, for me to be heading out of Cleveland. I'm not going to disagree with you that Hugh Jackson is trying to walk a very fine line with fences on both sides, both shoulders right now. However, that third string comment, uh, that, that was an out-and-out lie. Um, and and I've seen coaches do this over and over in the months of July and August. He's speaking to one person when he says that, and one person only, and that person is Baker Mayfield. Right. Um, Baker Mayfield had a really nice first preseason game. Uh, that first preseason game not only had decent numbers, but it had big moments. It had two or three highlight-level plays. Uh, some of them were even detailed further on hard knocks, and the coaches were really excited about them on the sidelines. So what happens next is, and you saw this last week, the world suddenly shifted. The world went from, I'm not so sure about this Baker Mayfield guy. Yeah, Heisman, yeah, talent, but he's little and he's got a police video. And look, I was absolutely vocal as one of those guys with a lot of questions about Baker Mayfield. But then after one performance in a preseason game, the world goes, ooh, he's a star. Hugh heard that, and the whole coaching staff was like, okay, we got to we gotta bury that. Right. We've got to keep his head screwed on straight. And so I, like, I saw that, and I immediately thought to Doug Peterson two years ago, in the month of August, stated that Carson Wentz would be deactivated every game that year. That was their plan. Carson right. Wentz was going to be deactivated for every game that year, and two weeks later they traded Sam Bradford. <laughs> So I'm like, Baker Mayfield is the backup quarterback for Cleveland and probably for less than the full season, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Mark, you look at the start of the the season for them and their schedule. They play Pittsburgh, then they're at New Orleans, and they got the Jets at home, and then they're at Oakland. That screams one and three. (laughs) And if Tyrod's the starter... And they're one and three, or Tarod, by the way, his name's yes, Tarod. Tarod now. I'm not sure. Appreciate my, my that. My fault. Yeah, my my yeah. fault. There, Tarod. All good. If they're if they're one and three, there is going to be that public that public outcry that uh, that that pressure from from upstairs and from the fans to put in Baker Mayfield. Just ask Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Two years ago, <laughs> Goff number one pick. Remember, remember Case Keenum was the starter and Sean Mannion was right. the second stringer to start the season. And what happened? The Rams lost. People said, put in Goff, put him in. And he eventually got put into uh, the, the starting lineup. And and that's that's kind of the, the path that I see this thing going down. All right, with uh, Nick Ball, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. And coming up next, we are building toward, with each week, it's getting louder, a major NFL nationwide argument. Will we get to that argument, or will football make a change? We'll explain coming up next. All right, with Nick Baha, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. Great news. Quick way you can save some money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. So we have a friend in common, huh? Yeah. Uh, Danny Woodhead's going to join us next hour. And the reason Danny Woodhead is going to join us is because you sent a tweet (laughs) that said, uh, catch me and Mark Willard on Fox Sports Radio today. And Danny's like, 
Oh, you're going to go on with Mark Willard and you guys aren't going to invite me on? What the hell? And I, I saw that, and our producer Ryan saw that, and I said, oh, you know Nick? And he's like, yeah, you know Nick? And I'm like, yeah, you want to come on the show? He's like, yeah, I want to come on the show. He said he was going to bring the crazy today. Uh-oh. Uh, so, you know, I told him Belichick wouldn't like that. No, we got to, we, we, yeah, do we, do we want like the Chargers version of Danny? Or do we want the Patriots <laughs> version of Danny? Why don't we for do this like, interview? why don't we do like five minutes each? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's, and we'll let him know. Okay. For the, now we want, we want Patriots Danny. Right. So we want like, you know, cliches, no elaborating, monotone. That's what we're looking for. And then we want like the fun Danny. So Actually, that, yeah, we'll, may, we'll may, see. Maybe we just do one minute of Patriot Danny. I was going to say, because we, I could already <laughs> answer those for him. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we got, yeah. uh, we got a good team. I'm not on Snapface yeah, and all no, that. Want focused on. on retirement now. Snap just, face. you know, thinking about just thinking about retirement yeah that dude's just golfing i mean he's just golfing it's all he's doing it's all he's doing mark it is it is golf all day every day (laughs) so good gosh so so jealous what is he like (laughs) 33 years old or something he's good he's good he's he's doing okay let's just say danny's doing okay so awesome uh good (laughs) for him all right so everybody's confused every single preseason night we get another viral video of that's a flag So here's the thing. I feel like we've got to find a middle ground. So I do work for, uh, I do some hosting with this kind of sports trivia app. That's a fun thing. And and here, the reason I bring it up is they referred to summertime um, when there's a lot less going on in sports as their beta phase. Anybody who's ever done anything, you know, launched a new product or whatever, that's your testing phase. I feel like that's what the NFL is doing with these flags. There's no way they can actually do this in the regular season. But by the same token, I also want to caution everybody who goes, oh, why, well, we're all wusses. Why don't we just play flag football? Get Well, hold on a second. I think the spirit of what they're trying to do, Nick, is good. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing right now is they're trying to find the line that makes sense and that's going to be a process. There are going to be some bumps and frustrating moments along the way. But I don't want people to suddenly say, oh, scrap this. This is ridiculous. We shouldn't do this because it's like, wait a minute. We're, we're trying to avoid more Ryan Shazier's. Sure. It just and, – and the, and the, the thing that's, that's going to be very prevalent about this is that it's going to be a very public process as they're trying to figure out what is what. I mean, they basically said as much that – we're gonna we're gonna err on the on the side of throwing flags in the preseason, develop a stockpile a catalog of hits, and then try to get a better idea of this is a penalty, that's not a penalty, this is a penalty, and but the the, the scary thing though for that is that you feel like when you're trying to figure out the rule, that's how you're going about doing it. Right. I mean, you feel like a rule. Granted, this is going to be a pretty subjective, real like pass interference. I mean, there's going to be some subjectivity involved and some interpretation involved, but it just never is going to sit well with people when you they feel like people are figuring out things on the fly, and that they, they the NFL's kind of opened themselves up to to how they're handling in the handling this. But it just feels like for me, Mark, that. It does feel like we are heading towards a crossroads with the NFL where they are either going to adjust the rules to the point of altering the game itself. Yeah. 
And I'm with you. I never want to be, you know, Mr. Tough Guy. Like, ah, just don't put, you know, put skirts on them. And I, <laughs> no, I mean, come on, right? I mean, let's. We don't need to be like that. But there also is a point where some of the penalties you've seen, and we don't want to go ballistic over some of these. If those are penalties, like R.I.P. football as we know it, right? And like until further information comes out, some of these penalties, the roughing the passer penalty we saw yesterday, Vikings Jags, yeah, oh, yeah, Mark. Yeah. I mean, good gosh, <laughs> yeah, that mean, is it's unbelievable. Just to describe it to people, uh, a guy comes off of the left end, number fifty-six for the Vikings. You can find the video online on social media. And there is no helmet to helmet. In fact, there is no helmet connection with anything. No. He led with the head in the form of, well, our head is first. So it's not like I can just take my arm off my body, stick it on top of my helmet and go, cool, now I'm leading with my arm. (laughs) Like his head was on top of his body. Other than that, he did not lead with his head. His head did not contact anything. He almost looks like he's trying to slow down when he gets to the quarterback because he's like, is there a way for me to do this without getting penalized? He hits the quarterback shoulder to shoulder and softly takes him to the ground, similar to the way you would do with your kid when you're playing with him in the backyard. And somehow the back judge is like, yep, 15 yards. And you're just like, "It's again, my reaction is not, oh, we're all wusses. But my reaction is, look, in sports, if you play, you have to know the rules. It's not just sports. That's true in marriage or business or anything. I got to know the rules or else I'm flying blind here and I'm just going to make mistakes every day. Well, and, and Mark, here's the thing. With with rules, there should always be a clear cut of don't do that, do this yes. instead. And, and I think the thing that's driving the players crazy and even the viewers crazy is, well, okay, all right, so he can't do that. Well, then what is he supposed to do? And I don't think anyone can answer that part of the question, and that's a problem right now. Yeah, I think maybe when he gets to the quarterback, he should just stop. <laughs> stop, and then detach look, his head. Look at the ref, yeah. extend his hand, see if the quarterback will shake it. And if he does, he's down. Get uh, stop. Get a permission slip signed by the quarterback. Yes, you can hit me. I am okay with this. Then hit him. Then you're good to go. Yeah, but other than really, that, it's flag. I mean, in the so far in the exhibition season, it has looked like coaches want practice to look, where it's like we want you to to get to the quarterback. But when you get there, we'll just acknowledge, okay, you got there. Sack. It's yeah, a sack. You got to yell sack. sack. Yeah. <laughs> you entered the halo. He's down. But but that's it. All right. Uh, with Nick Baum, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. So glad you're with us. Danny Woodhead will join us in a half hour. And also coming up next, out of that Vikings-Jags game, this was just a yet another example. There were six injuries on the Vikings side of the ball. It's time to fix the preseason. We've got some ideas. We'll do that coming up next. Similar to a game of poker where you have to declare, are you going high or low? Nick, I'm going to make you declare right now. Who's your NFL team? Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. That's fair. I'll buy that. So uh, speaking of Tom Brady, I'm glad you brought him up because the guy I had in my mind right now is Jimmy Garoppolo. I grew up a Niners guy. I was just watching uh, my good friend Brian Baldinger do his online baldy breakdowns of Garoppolo's performance last night. Yep. And he is just like, dude is born to play QB. He is so good. 
I am so excited to see this guy get a full season, knock on wood, of action and see what he can do as an NFL quarterback. However, there was one thing I didn't like about his performance last night. It's the fact that it happened, okay? It's the fact that he played. The Los Angeles Rams (laughs) are going to take Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and leave them in the shrink wrap until the season starts. And I'm trying to figure out why everybody doesn't do this, Nick. Uh, I, 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 to me, I'd have to imagine that these these established veterans, these coaches, got to have an open enough relationship where you're going to the player and saying, "How much rust do you got on you? Do you, do you need to play in this? Right. Do, do you want to?" Because Brady played shoot the whole first half of the other preseason game a couple days ago against Philadelphia, and if there's anybody that uh, knows a thing or two about playing quarterback it's it's Brady so you'd imagine that he doesn't necessarily need the experience but maybe some of those guys need to knock off the rust but boy you got to really think twice especially for your massive investments like a like a golf like a Jimmy Garoppolo if it's not absolutely imperative that you get them out there boy is it uh, does it feel like you would be kicking yourself if they get hurt now you can't always operate in worst case scenario but man, would you be? Would that be a pretty big uh, gut punch to see one of your 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 top quarterbacks go down in a preseason game? These are thirty million dollar investments. Yep. Okay. If you spent that on a car, would you drive it to the mall on Christmas? Yeah, nah. No. Nah. So now this this also should be said. Maybe quarterbacks, because you mentioned it. Brady and Belichick think this stuff out more than anybody, and he played almost a half. Maybe with the new rules that we're talking about, quarterbacks just feel like, what are the chances I'm going to get hurt? Because I'm not, you're not allowed to touch me anyway. Sure. So, sure. But, but the other positions, forget about it. I mean, Le'Veon Bell proved it last year. You don't need this. Ladanian Tomlinson did it for years, never played in a preseason game. Gurley, I wouldn't do it either. Um, and look around the league. Darius Geis' rookie year has been ruined. The Vikings had six players get hurt last night, you won't hear a big stink about it because none of them are fantasy players. They're, you know, linemen and linebackers and, and people of that ilk. Um, so the, the, the fantasy community doesn't get their arms up in the air as high. However, those players matter to a football team. The 49ers had six injuries in their first preseason game and their tight end and their running backs are now sitting out the rest of the preseason. So I look at this and I go, all right. I don't want to be such an alarmist that I say, get rid of the preseason. College doesn't do it. There is a process here. You do have players that you need to evaluate and, and cut and keep and all of that. So, sure, we need some level of preseason. I know for sure we don't need four and, in some cases, five games. Right. I, I know that. I also know the owners are going to say, if you lessen our preseason, so how are you going to make up for that money? Well, I have an idea that I've shared before, and Nick, I wonder what you think of it, and tell me who would say no to this. So what if in the next CBA discussion, the owners and the players get together and the players say, look, this preseason stuff isn't working for us anymore. Training camp's too long. Preseason's too long. We know you guys, you owners, want an 18-game schedule. Uh, We don't uh, because that's not healthy for us, and we're not going to play more games for the same price. Okay, fine. How about the fact that over time, 18 games instead of 16 would mean bigger television contracts. It means more gate. It means there will be more money. 
you share that with the players. So whatever game checks they're getting for 16, you get two more. And with the extra time that is created by taking two preseason weeks off, here's what I'd love to see the players ask for and get from the owners. A bye week before every Thursday night game. Whoever, whoever is playing Thursday night, you have a bye the week before. You're taking care of a lot of problems if you do those three things. Shorten preseason, go 18-game schedule and pay guys for it, and give them buys before Thursday night football. Who says no to that? Yeah, I, I, sometimes I try and think about that because you, you. one of the things I like to do is say, if the sport started today, how would you structure it? Yes. And I have a hard time feeling like if football started today that everybody would say, let's do four preseason games. So I, I like your idea because I think ultimately it, it, it kind of satisfies everyone to a certain extent. I mean, not not everybody's going to get everything they they totally want in this case, but players are going to get more money. They're going to get uh the the Thursday night situation gets taken care of to a certain extent. Uh the the television networks feel like they're going to now get more inventory which they're going to love. And you you also have to feel like coaches, I mean, if if two preseason games and you know the, the a training camp, a joint practice. You have OTAs. You have all, like if if that isn't enough time to make your depth chart and your travel <laughs> roster decisions, I mean that's on you. You know, I mean that, that's that that's more of a you problem than than anything else. So I, I think it's a. I honestly think this seems like something that could get brought to the players and to the owners and to the coaches eventually where you're going to see some of this stuff change because there there's just too much of an outcry in different aspects of the way the league is structured to not see some of this get addressed. Yeah, no doubt. And it's actually it would end up being perfect for the league because what does the league love above all other things? They love to make something look like they care about player safety, <laughs> right? but have it also lead to dollars. And mm-hmm. that's what this is. Think of the PR that the league could find a microphone and Roger Goodell could say, listen, we understand that we are doing 18 games, two more games. But by the same token, we feel like we've been working our guys too hard in the month of, uh, of August. And so we're going to peel back on that a little bit. And this Thursday night situation was just not safe for our guys. Uh, we don't like them playing on three days rest. We feel like you could see that. And so this is going to improve the product for you, the fan, and we feel like even though it's a longer season, it's going to be a safer season for our guys. Ready, break. I, I mean, yeah. who like that? That's the press conference right there. Yeah, I, I just the one thing that the NFL has proven that they're willing to do is they're not going to be held prisoner of the past. We're going to move the extra point back. We're right. gonna we're gonna change this. We're gonna change that. Like there are certain. Uh, sports, <coughs> baseball. Oh, sorry, <laughs> that that are prisoners of the past, oh, and they don't want to ever do anything to to alter with with any of that. So the NFL has proven they're willing to 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 tweak things and change things. So this isn't necessarily like you're dealing with an entity that has hasn't. They've shown that they're willing to be nimble and and alter things. So I I, I think it seems like it'd be something right out of their book that would make sense. Boy, did you just nail that a second ago? We've been talking about that a lot this week about how check the NFL. They feel like okay, these are our then twenty now approaching thirty million dollar investments. We can't have them getting hurt. So I don't care if defenders don't like it. Uh, we're gonna paint a, like a one and about a foot and a half long line on a quarterback. From just below his rib cage to his thigh, that's where you can hit him. Right, you can't hit him anywhere else, or else it's a penalty. 
Um, and and maybe that changes that like all the quarterbacks who are holding the records have all played today. So what? They changed the rules. Go to NBA. What was happening 25 years ago? Michael Jordan would drive into the paint and a piston would punch him in the belly. <laughs> and, and and the final score of basketball games was 87 to 86. And now uh, the NBA looked at it and went, you know, this Steph Curry guy might be pretty popular if we could just yep. let him do his thing. So let's change the rule. Here comes baseball who allows its hottest young prospect to have a 95-mile-an-hour heater hocked at his elbow for no other reason than he's good. Right. Six home runs in five games, Ronald Acuna with the Braves. Now they throw at him, and what does the pitcher get? He gets essentially a one-game suspension because they gave him six games for a starter that's one game. And how does he react? He appeals. He appeals. <laughs> And then we bounce around to other broadcast booths around the country where Keith Hernandez was like, yep, right move, got to hit the guy. It's like, change the yes. rules already, please. Yeah, you, I mean, I, I think everyone needs to have that healthy balance of having respect and honoring the past but not being held prisoner to it and not just being totally paralyzed at anything that once was in 1926. <laughs> To have that still be the case in 2018. I mean, in what world do we have the exact same thing? That even, even I mean, everything gets tweaked and altered and adjusted within, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years yes. ago. You know, baseball is the one thing, and some people love this about it. I happen to think it be it's one of the things that, one of the weaknesses of baseball, that, that everything has remained the same. I mean, literally everything. And I just don't understand how baseball can't look at themselves in the mirror and say, maybe we need to not have a rearview mirror. We just need to look out the windshield here and think about what's in front of us and operate like that. Well, and the hypocrisy comes, oh, we can't ruin our numbers. Well, you already did when you let steroids into the game. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed that, uh, you know, 10 guys have now hit 60-some-odd home runs in a season. (laughs) So um, anyway, all right, Fox Sports Radio with Nick Baum, Mark Willard. Danny Woodhead in 20 minutes. We're very much looking forward to that. Uh, But coming up next, while a lot of people are focusing on Kaepernick and Eric Reed not having a job, there's another guy who's got nothing to do with the anthem at all who doesn't have a job, and it's incredibly curious. That's next. Okay, Mark Willard and Nick Baugh on Fox Sports Radio. Danny Woodhead in 10 minutes. By the way, we forgot. You know, you asked, should we ask for Patriots Danny or Chargers Danny? We should uh, We should add in Ravens Danny. So yes. Patriots Danny can't say anything. Chargers Danny can say anything but doesn't because no one asks. <laughs> and then Ravens Danny really just says whatever the hell he wants because not only was it at the end of his career, but think of the culture there. You got Eric right. Weddle. You know, you had Ray Lewis, even Joe Flacco, who came out, uh, you know, after the Lamar Jackson stuff. I mean, the, the Ravens now, they'll, they'll jaw. They'll jaw yes. at you. Yes. I think it's, a, it's a, okay, so it's settled. We're going to go with <laughs> coming up in 10 minutes. We're talking to Ravens, Ravens Danny, Danny Woodhead. That's right. And Perfect. We'll, we'll ask him to give us maybe one Patriot answer and one Charger answer just to <laughs> okay. see what happens. Yeah, contrast. But then we'll bit. go with Baltimore the rest of the way. I think that'll I like be a it. good call. Hey, um, you know, maybe I just side on the side of optimism. I actually lost a bet a year ago with regard to whether or not Colin Kaepernick would ever be on an NFL roster. 
So maybe I just always think guys are going to end up being on a roster when they're good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I am shocked on August, is today the 19th? Correct. Shocked that Des Bryant's not on a roster. Right. Shocked. Are you shocked? Yeah, I... The, the the fact that I'm not surprised that the 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 appetite at the marketplace wasn't necessarily just falling over themselves for him, but yes, take, when when put it into into the context of we are like two weeks away from this thing going here, the season being underway, and Dez still doesn't have a home. Yeah, I would have lost a lot of money if someone would have said, "Hey, by August 19th, is Dez signed somewhere?" I'd have said, "Are you out of your mind?" Absolutely. So from that aspect of it, yes, like the I, I am surprised. Well, and there's also this. The only team, at least that we know of, who has spoken to him is the Cleveland Browns. And that one didn't make any sense to me. No. You know, I'm like, okay, if this last resort is you wait till August and a team that clearly has a need is going to call Des Bryant. Because I understand, even if you're on the side of the fence where you think, oh, this guy's kind of a headache, that's not that big of a headache. I mean, it's not like, you know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. not doing anything illegal. He does have people who have said, gosh, guy, he cares a lot. He's, he's energetic. He, you know, he's a little emotional on the sideline. Hey, join the club. He's a wide receiver. Like that, I, I could name a <laughs> lot of dudes like that. So it's not that bad. But the team that called him is a team that's got the most uh, unstable wide receiving core in the entire NFL right now. However, they're also not needy at the position. So Cleveland's got Jarvis Landry. They just traded Corey Coleman. Uh, They've got Josh Gordon, in theory, at some point returning. They've got this kid, Antonio Callaway. More problems there, however, looks very talented. A rookie from last year in Rashard Higgins, who actually has looked really good so far in camp and in the preseason, uh, they've got Jeff Janis, the guy that was at Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers uh, a, a year or two ago. I- I'm sitting here looking at this going, now why, where on earth would Des Bryant fit in, and wouldn't he be the exact type of receiver you don't want? Because you already right. got a lot going on in there. Yeah, I, I don't know about the Browns fit at, at all. I-, I think he fits in other places much, much better. I, can, uh, let me, I'm going to play devil's advocate, though, for a second okay. on the Dez thing here. Right. Let, let's Okay, here, th- let me give you an analogy. Let, let's say you're on you're on a dating website. Okay, now I'm, I've been married for a while, so I'm out of the game on that stuff. But, <laughs> uh, me too. But let, let's, let's say a part of the profile for for someone you're, you're looking at is had a messy, nasty breakup in their previous long-term relationship. Some might see that and think, yikes, I yeah. don't know about this girl. I can find someone else. And even though it's not horrible, I would say the consensus out of the Dallas camp, now it's always going to be like that when someone's not in your locker room, is that the locker room and the and, and the, the, the team is better off without him. And so there could be some people that go, Man, I mean, wow, I, I read that and think, I don't know about that. I mean, I know that these owners talk and you can do your own due diligence behind the scenes. And I get that the money was a part of the decision to let him go. But chemistry always has to be taken into consideration when you're entering a new guy into a locker room. So I think it just comes down to, is the juice worth the squeeze with a guy like Dez? And that's always going to be maybe a case-by-case situation. Okay, uh, I'll buy that. However, let's I, like I'm looking at a big board right now. It's funny, too. I'm like, okay, let's look at all the teams. Who really needs Dez Bryant? You know the first team that came to my mind? 
I'm like, uh, the Cowboys. I, I'm like, <laughs> they, they kind of need a receiver. Who's the receivers? They're counting on like Alan Hearns to be their number one receiver or something like that. Um, but, but okay, let's put them aside. But there are a number of other teams where I look at a Des Bryant fit and I go, gosh, that would be fantastic. Um, couldn't the Cardinals use Des Bryant? Yeah. Couldn't. Well, hey, how about, and, and they've shown that they've been willing to do this at times, and don't laugh at me when I say this, what about the Patriots? Oh, I mean, who's their number one target? Well, Chris right. Hogan? Chris Hogan, and then in theory by week five you've got Edelman, although Edelman a totally different kind of receiver than Des Bryant. They are in, in one respect already trying this. There's always a, it feels like, a reclamation project receiver yes. with New England. This year it's Kenny Britt. And I don't even know how he factors into their plans. Um, but sure, I, I, I'm not down on that idea. What about the Panthers? You know, that mm-hmm. whole thing with Kelvin Benjamin blew up. That was no good. Uh, I know they like Funches, but, I mean, name the three receivers on on the Panthers. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I don't think you can. No, no, and that's a problem. And um, so, there, yeah, you, you go around the league. There's more, and, that, and that's just it. Like, you, you go around the league and you go, man, there's got to be more of an appetite than just Cleveland. Sure, Bears, Colts. I mean, these are all teams where I'm going, who's a Colts receiving core this year? They got T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton. They lost Moncrief. Mm-hmm. They've got Ryan Grant, who they, apparently they like. He was in Washington last year. I couldn't even tell you who else they have. Right. I I I, I think – I think it's just it's it's interesting though that and and you wonder if how much the the league is reactionary from the standpoint of well what am I like if there are other owners and front offices going what am I missing with Dez like if 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 that team isn't interested and that team isn't interested does it make you drag your feet a little bit sure and and there also could be a list we can we can play this waiting game too and get them at a discounted price as well once the the season gets really really close but two can play that game that can go the other way you know I mean Dez can say all right I I got you now uh, uh, where you absolutely are desperate for me i'm gonna jack up the price here for you a little bit uh i i just it's gonna be really really interesting to see where he lands and just how productive he is no doubt all right danny woodhead in five minutes i think you also brought up a good point speaking of nfl mysteries is it a mystery as to why all of us think everything is just going to be hunky dory with the eagles this year with regard to by the way not only their quarterback position just the Eagles in general. No one saw them coming last year. Then they did something that had never happened before, which was have just kind of an also-ran uh, backup quarterback, proved to be something very different and win a Super Bowl. And, and, and now the world expects them to come back and be the exact same thing again, which which rarely happens in the NFL. Yes. And I just – everybody can, can, can say, oh, it's going to be fine, oh, it's going to be great, but – I have been astonished at everybody's just assumption that the that the fact that Nick Foles led this team to the Super Bowl was the MVP of the Super Bowl, and that all, he'll just say, "All right, Mr. Wentz, right this way. Here is your job back." And not only for Foles not being potentially disgruntled, but you don't think that locker room? I know they buy into Wentz. I I, I understand that. Sure. But there also is something to be said for when the stage was at its biggest, the lights were at its brightest, Foles was out there leading us to victory. And I wonder if 
at some point, and you don't know what Wentz is going to be like coming off of an injury, the, the, the second maybe Wentz struggles a little bit, if there isn't maybe some clamoring of, hey, man, why don't we need to put Nick in? Well, we, need, we need Foles in there. I think it's a good point for two reasons. A, Wentz is not healthy yet. Nope. I mean, he just got cleared for 11-on-11. 11 11. He has not played yet. He said himself, when a player says this, I really listen, he said himself last week, week one is going to be close. It's going to be close. What if Nick Foles starts the season and he goes out in week one, throws for 350 and two touchdowns, and they win a football game on Thursday night? Great point. National TV against the Falcons. Are you then just ushering him straight to the bench? That's not easy to do. And then no. second, second, Nick, remember who we're talking about. The fan base is Philly people. <laughs> these, these are these are not rational human beings. They're not patient. They're negative. If Wentz does come out following full success and not look right right away, yeah, you're going to have an uproar. Absolutely. I just show me on 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 one hand the amount of times in NFL history where there's just been quarterback changes when the current guy is playing really well. You just don't see it a lot. You just don't see where well, our starter's playing great. But really, this guy over here, this is the guy. We want to. We're, we're going to make that change. You just don't see that a lot. I, I, I think there is a, a massive assumption taking place that that whole situation is going to be uh, smooth. And I, I just can't help but but wonder if it's going to be a little bit rough at times. Well, you're entirely right that it's unique. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be uncharted territory for a lot of us. Okay, Danny Woodhead in two minutes. All three different versions of him, if we have our way. <laughs> With Nick Ba, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to Sager in here as well for the latest out and about. Steve. Good afternoon again, gentlemen. Enjoyed the first segment of the talk about sports coming into the modern times with the respective leagues. As far as the statement that modern uh, American companies come into modern times, there is one exception that I could think of. What's that? A uh, American company, and Jerry Seinfeld, in fact, has talked about this on the Tonight Show. <laughs> I love how the postal system has this financial, emotional meltdown every three to five years that their business model from 1630 isn't working anymore. <laughs> About that, oh, a little more. If I if I could talk to the post office, if I could say to them, if you really want to be helpful to us, just open the letters, read them, and email us what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Just an idea. Yeah, passing it along. I got to admit, like opening an envelope in 2018 does feel weird sometimes. Very much. You get halfway through, you're like, "What am I doing right now? There's all this paper. I'm going to cut myself. What are we doing right now?" This is a full national company, and he points up. We got to go up a penny on the stamps. Okay, Okay. that's great. Anyway, the Oakland A's are doing it again, people. They've gotten into a tie for first with the defending champion Houston Astros somehow in the AL West, and they're already ahead 2-0 in today's game. First inning home runs, two of them against Justin Verlander. The Dodgers already lead 5-0 in the top of the first at Seattle, and Clayton Kershaw is going to be on the mound today. He's having another good year, was superb his last start, and yet Kershaw with L.A. is just 5-5 on the season. The Diamondbacks are getting shut out early, 2 nothing at San Diego bottom of the first great news for Colorado they've won again 4-2 at Atlanta so the Rockies for now are tied for first in 
the National League West. Brewers lead 2-0 at St. Louis, bottom of the seventh. Already the Yankees won and Boston lost. Cleveland shut out Baltimore 8 to nothing. So the Orioles, the worst team in the majors, now have a record of 37 and 87. Cincinnati beat San Francisco 11 to 4. Miami a 12-1 winner at Washington. The win to Jose Urania appealing his suspension. Good news for Washington, the pitcher Steven Strasburg will come off the DL to start Wednesday for the Nationals. And I think it's safe to say the Tigers have not been a great team these past couple of years, mm. but this today the mix-up, they wanted to start Jacob Turner, but they had designated him for assignment August 10th. You have a 10-day waiting period after that. This is August 19th. That is not Detroit. 10 days yet. Therefore, they had to throw Buck Farmer on the mound. The dreaded Buck Farmer, their starting pitcher. He of an ERA last year of 6.75. However, kids... Major League minimum wage is over $500,000. So if you can stick with the big club, I'd say baseball with the guaranteed contracts is the sport to go to. Buck Farmer lasted two and a third, giving up two runs. Reliever gave up another two runs. However, the Tigers have come back. It's 4-4 at Minnesota. Top of the seventh. So there, guys. All right, Steve, thank you for that because the dreaded Buck Farmer is now going to be my fantasy football team name this year. (laughs) I'm I'm very excited about that, and I will give you credit. The dreaded Buck Farmer is coming for you all. All right. Uh, We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico Geico.com, 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part figured out which way is easier. Speaking of easy, it's always easy to talk to this guy. None other than Danny Woodhead. What a surprise this morning to find out we all have some friends in common here. And as Danny joins us, so Danny, here's what we've been talking about before you came on. We wanted to see the difference between Patriots Danny, Chargers Danny, and Ravens Danny. And so Patriots (laughs) Danny is not allowed to say anything. Chargers Danny can say whatever he wants, but nobody asks. And then there's Ravens Danny, who, like Weddle or Ray Lewis or whatever, can just say whatever the heck he wants and throw bombs all over the place. So we kind of we let, let's ask you the same question a, as each guy. Like, if I just said something simple, how's retirement going? How does Patriot Danny respond? Uh, you know, honestly, you know, re- retirement thing. You know, it's a, it's a good thing, and and honestly, I'm just trying to take advantage of every opportunity that I can uh, here at home. You know, and uh, just be the best, uh, be the best husband and best dad I can be. That was a good. That was good a good. Patriots. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that Belichickian. All right, now, good. now, now, Charger Danny will just pass because nobody asked. And then, uh, <laughs> right, right, and then Ravens. <laughs> how would Ravens Danny talk about this? Uh, you know, I'm really having the best time of my life. I can't. You know, these this this year has already been probably the most incredible year of my life, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I can't complain. I golf a lot. Uh, I'm working on my uh, yeah my my gin my, my handicap in golf and uh, it's it, bro it's incredible is what it is that's what it is. Uh, by the way, what is the gin? What is the gin right now? Right now I'm at a one. I went back up because I had a couple. Uh, I had about two. I, I went on vacation. Then I took another five days off after like a few days of playing. So I. Kind of been hit or miss playing lately, and it's okay. just been excuses. It has been <laughs> excuses. Hey, oh. hey, you know what? Hey, you know what? I didn't know. I thought it was all national radio, and I was going to be real polite on here. And then, and, and, and then you did that. 
so now I'm now I'm going back to local Danny. All right. Oh, we're it local was, Danny it, now. It's, it's been frustrating. Okay, the last couple of weeks have been frustrating as a golfer, and I'm just okay. trying to pull, pull myself out of the ditch. Okay. All right. The, you know what? I think at times I'd rather I'd rather get local Danny than lying Danny and excuse Danny. Just to be honest with you, okay? <laughs> I, I That's didn't, what I oh want. My God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm trying to, like I said, this is, I, I'm on national, I'm on national radio and I, I yeah. just, I'm trying to sound good. And I think that I went back to, you know, 2010 or something and yeah. just answer, answering everything yeah. polite. Yeah. What, what, what year is it in Nebraska right now, Danny? Oh, in Nebraska. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 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 I didn't know you're talking about that. Nebraska's 2003. Oh, okay, good. You know, just to, <laughs> the, thing, the thing in Nebraska that not everyone knows, Nick will vouch for me. I moved to California. I've been in, obviously, northeast cities. But the thing that's crazy, like, is, like, just, like, just, like, even, like, the style, the fashion, like, just what's up to date, what's not. I come back from living in California for four years. I get, like, looked at like I'm wearing uh, a, banana, a banana peel on my head. I have, like, you know, you know, just some stylish skinny skinny pants or something. So yeah. like Please, they're like, are, are you wearing a banana peel on your head or something? Like that? I don't even know what's going on. Are they still wearing pleated pants out there, Danny? Yeah, you know that's that's kind of what we're we're into out oh, here. Yep, goodness. And and, and, and you know, and nothing against the Waltons because Walmart's great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But but I'll tell you what, we're st- we're still rocking. You know, the Velcro shoes and stuff yeah. like that. So I mean. Right, I'm right now. I'm pounding my chest to the Walton family for uh, you know helping us out with Walmart. Well, I, I see. I will. I will correct you on what year it is out in Nebraska. It's actually 1997 because that's the last time Nebraska won a national <laughs> championship. So, so that like Husker fans, that's 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 the big thing here. So people are. It's 1997. So there's like what? That's like the grunge phase. So there's like there's a lot of flannel button ups, different things like right. that. Right. That's what well, the the things are looking like here. And there's a lot. There's a lot more emotions too, like crying. Like I've caught myself crying a ton lately, and I think because the last time I cried. <laughs> that much was 97 yep. when frost won the won the national title but also tom osborne retired yes it was just like, oh it's emotional year it's a lot to take it was a it was a struggle it tough, tough year but i want to let you guys know you don't need to worry about y2k it actually is not that big a deal <laughs> it ends up it ends up being a lot of talk and then just like it's all okay. it's all gonna be okay so okay uh, yeah so don't worry at least i can take that stress off of your plate. Um, hey, D- Danny, I wanted to ask you this because I ended up, I won't tell you who, but I ended up at a camp this week and there's a player there and your name came up because he sort of has like some of you in him. When you look around at the league right now, like who's the next Danny Woodhead? Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, yeah. For, first of all, how many – Five eight, two hundred pound white guys. Do we have in the league? You know, like <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be a oh, white guy, oh, does he? Football. Yeah, oh, football player. Style, style. My bad. Yeah, style, Danny. You know, Come on. Hey, you know what? There's nowadays. I feel like the the NFL is bringing that sort of back, kind of into like a, a bigger role. So, like, I I think there's a lot more guys that. Uh, they're having do the type of things that I did, um, whether it be running and, um, you know, receiving, just creating mismatches. And I think there's 
there's some good players out there um, right now that that do a lot of stuff. It's hard to really narrow narrow uh, narrow them down. I, I do. I mean, obviously, I follow the Chargers. I like I like Eckler, and maybe it's because uh, he's Division Two. Also, maybe I have a special place in my heart for Division Two guys. I don't know why I would. <laughs> but uh, I, but I think but, I think Eckler's a, I I think he does some really good things. Um, but I mean, look at New England always has a plenty of guys that can like that's what they do. They they like guys that do that. So there's there's a lot of a lot of good backs. Who who is this guy? Well, no, you now. you 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 knew you named him. That's that's it. I mean, okay. it was Eckler. Yeah, we were talking we were talking to Eckler this week. And uh, we he, we asked him kind of like if there was any if there was any overlap from when he got there to when you left, and he was like no, but his eyes lit up, and it was almost like that's it. It felt sort of like that's who I'm trying to be. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, the kid's got a lot of talent, and you know, I I know uh, I know that Wiz will use him right and use him correctly, and that, that's a big thing when you're in that position because there's a lot of teams that don't really understand that position because for the longest time there really hasn't been and not every so not everyone understands how new england does it how uh wiz has done it um there's a few other there's a few other teams that have used uh you know backs like that but uh wiz and hunt he he's he's a he's a guy that knows how to use a, a back like that Danny, we, we we hear about this time of year all the adjustments that are made for that that these rookie quarterbacks are going to have to deal with. You know, coming from college to the NFL. What about running backs? W- biggest adjustment for these NFL rookies coming from college to the NFL is what? Uh, I don't even think it's close. I think it's the protection. And and the thing is, people backs coming in are like, oh, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be able to run for some. You're not playing unless you can protect, or at least you're not playing a lot. And and the funny thing is the, I mean, it's all their agents are getting them to say this and whatnot. Oh, he was in a he was in a pro style offense. Okay, let's let's take a step back. That's precious that you say that. But college <laughs> is not the NFL when it comes to protections. I mean, that's that's why there's so many subs like sub personnel with nickel, dime, quarter, whatever whatever teams may play, and that's, that's – you have to know who's who on who you're picking up in protections, and that's the biggest thing. You ask any running back, I think, is the fact that the mental side of the game for protection and actually having to protect, because in college, they just say, hey, here's a ball about 25 times. Go be awesome, you know? And then they – and then you get and, – and then it's the pass play. It's like, uh, if there's a guy, maybe hit him. <laughs> Otherwise, just be like, hey, 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 give me the ball, give me the ball. You know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things. Uh, so I, it's completely different. Danny Woodhead joining us, Fox Sports Radio. So uh, what would you think? What would you like better, local or national? You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> tough to say because, you know, there, we, we have a uh, – I have a special place in my heart for the locals. Yeah. And both of you yeah. include the locals, but it's kind of been a uh, kind of been a really good experience, you know, because it's two locals <laughs> that I've been with before. It's kind of like you're you're both not like I've dated both of you, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know exactly, you know, you know exactly that, what I'm saying. That should be the name of the show when we do it together is two locals go national. That's that's what we'll call it. I, the thing there is, you go. I'm 
I'm bothered that that's not the name right now already. It, it, like, yeah. come on. It is <laughs> annoying that we didn't think of that already. You're right. You're right. Uh, Danny, God, thanks, man. Let's see you, bud. Hey, have a good one, guys. See you, Danny. There he goes, Danny Woodhead. Uh, he's the best. That's all you got to say. Is. Danny Woodhead's the best. Uh, with Nick Bob, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio, coming up next. Surprise teams in the NFL. Who's getting in that you didn't think was coming? Who's not getting in that you do? That's next. All right, with Nick Vaughn, Mark Willard, Alex Marvez in 10 minutes. We're brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need when you need them. Granger's got your back to help keep your facility running. Granger, for the ones who get it done, how fun is Danny Woodhead? Oh, oh. the best. <laughs> then again, as a golfer, quick way to annoy people is, hey, what's your handicap? Oh, it's down right now. It's a one. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, that get is out of here. Awful. <laughs> Awful, and and then and then to start complaining, I ju- I went on vacation, yes. and that's why it's now at a one. You're like, oh, he was, get this guy out of here. He was like, I missed a day. <laughs> oh, you missed a day, did you? Oh, really? I missed a couple of years when I had kids. <laughs> I Holy missed an entire crap. summer. I missed two summers. <laughs> good God, unbelievable. All right, Marvez, and a few that'll be good. Okay, let's get to this. Uh, we're gonna both pick. A playoff team from last year who will not make it this year. And by the way, rules, you can't pick Bills uh, because that's yeah, just too, that's too okay. obvious. Too easy. Right? Too easy. And, then, yep. and then, so a playoff team from last year that's not going to make it. And then a team that didn't make it who will, and a rule there, can't pick Packers. <laughs> Perfect. Can't okay, I, I literally wrote that down. I'm yeah. like, I go, oh, those are the obvious. <laughs> like right. my, my two-year-old daughter could probably figure that one exactly out. Exactly so, right. So l- let's hear it. What do you got? Okay, I the the team that I think that wasn't in last year that slides in this year is the Houston Texans. Okay, right? they, they, they get their two most important players back. Watson coming off an ACL was a stud prior to going down. JJ Watt, you know what that dude was all all about. When he's at his peak level, he's as good of a pass rusher as the game's ever seen. And uh, a little preview of what the other team I'm going to pick. That that division is, yeah. I think that I think the two teams that came out of that division last year, the AFC South, feasted on some quarterback injuries. So I just think that division's wide open, and I think Houston's going to pop through and and go to the playoffs. Yeah, you could probably sell me on any of the four teams in that division. Yes. That's there is a lot of up in the air. All right, here's one. And I have to, I have to kind of loosen up before I say it because I have to get myself ready to get ripped. Oh boy! Ready? Give it to me. Miami Dolphins are going oh. to the playoffs this year, and I wouldn't even be shocked if some sort of unrest takes place with the Patriots. I wouldn't be shocked for the Dolphins to surprise them in the AFC East. Call it a gut feeling, combined with the fact we forget. You don't think Ryan Tannehill's great? He's also not awful. The last time he played a full season, the Dolphins won 10 games and went to the playoffs. I'll take Miami to at least get a wild card in the East. I don't I don't mind. I mean, listen, the AFC East and the AFC North really top heavy. You know, the rest of the teams in those divisions are either have rookie quarterbacks or undergoing a, a big transition. I I'm not I'm not ready to freak out, Mark. I'm okay. not ready to freak All out right, with good, that one. So, good. so I will I will give you that. <laughs> I I'm going to I'm I'm going to be kind of lame and just stay in the AFC South with picking the team that I think got in to the playoffs last year that won't and that's Jacksonville. I just think you can't forget that a year ago at this time 
We were wondering whether or not Bortles should even be a starting quarterback. Yep. Yep. You're telling me all of a sudden all is well in Jacksonville? I don't buy it. I think the fact that you had Luck out, Watson out, really inflated how good Jacksonville actually was. I'm thinking Jacksonville doesn't make the playoffs. I'm going to the NFC because someone's got to for my pick here on a team that was in that uh, this year will not be, and I hemmed and hawed between two teams. I'll tell you which one I picked, and then I'll give you the one that was uh, the in the others receiving votes column. <laughs> but I'm going with the Rams. It's okay. two star-studded, wow. glitzy, glamour. Oh, they've got all the players. Let's see how it actually works. Last year, they had a poor record against good teams. That gets lost in this whole thing, and their division got a lot better. There's a guy named Garoppolo there now. It is not going to be as easy. I could see the Rams going 8-8 eight and eight and missing out on the party. Uh, I like by it. The, yeah, the other team, by the way, Rook, I'm not – the Saints had a lot go their way last year. I agree. Oh, they I had agree. a lot go their way last year. All right, more on that with Alex Marvez next. Well, Ohio State certainly has an interesting way of making a major announcement. They just don't make it. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're still waiting. It's 4 o'clock out there. And we are still waiting. More on that coming up around the bend, plus the NFL team with the worst quarterbacking situation as we enter the season with Nick Bob, Mark Willard, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. But also some time with our buddy Alex Marvez, Sirius XM NFL Radio. You can find him on Twitter, at Alex Marvez. Always a good follow. Alex Great to have you. Earlier today, uh, we were just kind of wondering, what is going on with Des Bryant? Is the season going to start and and have Des not on a team? Is that what we're heading toward? It's what we're heading toward, unless there's a catastrophic injury somewhere around the league and a team thinks that Des Bryant can help him. And, and you know, the, the worst news for Des about this, you know, he will need time to learn a new offense. Uh, you know, he's played in the same system when you think about it. You know, Jason Garrett, Scott Linehan, it, it's essentially the same system. You know, because Jason and Scott, I mean, Jason played under Scott Linehan. Uh, you know what I mean? So, you know, he was under, he was under his coach. Actually, he was under, on his coaching staff with Nick Saban in 2005. The offense that Jason Garrett and, and the Dallas Cowboys run, Scott Linehan runs, it's essentially been the same thing for Dez throughout his career. How long is it going to take for Dez to pick up a new offense? He doesn't play on special teams. That's one of the things that deters teams from offering a contract because you realize you're going to be one short in the receiving department. And how would he take to not being a number one wide receiver? You wonder about that. And now with Josh Gordon returning to the practice field in Cleveland, as Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com pointed out, hey, you know, the, the talks with Dez Bryant have cooled. You know, he, he made a big mistake not signing with the Baltimore Ravens, in my opinion. But, you know, this is Dez's world. If Dez thinks that hey, Baltimore wasn't right for me, I didn't like the money, I didn't like the fit, then, then so be it. But, yeah, there's a very legitimate shot that the NFL season is going to start with Des Bryant not getting a job. Alex, you bring up Josh Gordon. What do you expect from, from Gordon now that he's back in the Browns equation? I really wish I knew his personal life enough to answer that question because, you know, now it's come out that he's owes, he owes child support. Uh, you know, to, to, he has two kids, two different women, and he hasn't paid them. And so now there's a court issue because Josh Gordon hasn't been making any money on the football field. So you add another layer of pressure onto Josh trying to battle, you know, the demons that he's had in his life as far as, you know, staying sober, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people, all those things being in a great state of mind from a mental health standpoint. I mean, there's so much pressure to produce in the NFL as it is, let alone if your personal life is bad or there's issues, it's going to, tra it's going to probably trickle down onto the football field. So I wish I knew 
what to expect from Josh Gordon. The Cleveland Browns will give him chance after chance because he's playing on a minimum salary contract, and and they haven't put all their eggs in the in the Josh Gordon basket. If Josh were to, to you know if something were to happen to him tomorrow, they could always make another pitch to Des Bryant, or they could simply try to promote one of their younger wide receivers. And there is some talent in that camp. But if Josh Gordon is sober and and he's and he's committed to football and he does all the right things, you got one of the most dynamic playmakers in football. If not, well, then you've got a guy again who's not going to help you at all and has probably run out of chances in Cleveland. Alex Marvez with us. Alex, I want to go to Detroit and ask you a question, and fantasy football players will love your your answer <laughs> that, that is filled with information. I, I, I'm looking at a team that's now run by Matt Patricia, and I know that uh, with New England, you never know who's going to get the ball, right? I mean, it's just this, this big grab bag of people, and there's no rhyme or reason as to as to what's going on there. Do you think with Patricia, he brings that to Detroit? And in other words, they rely less so on Matt Stafford and in a backfield that's got at least four big names that we know really well, who's, who's the guy they really like and want to lean on? They want to lean on Carryon Johnson, but they're also cognizant of the fact that he's a rookie and there's going to be some growing pains that come with that, especially when it comes to pass pro. They also want to have LeGarrette Blunt. I think he's going to be, there, you know, going to have a big role in, in, you know, starting a game maybe and then shifting to that situational type back. Short yardage situations, et cetera, are wearing down a defense in the fourth quarter. They are committed to running the football, uh, you know, and, and they've told that essentially to, you know, Jim Bob Cooter. It's expected that you can't be number 32 in the NFL and rushing anymore and we need to get 100 yards. Rusher for the first time since November of 2013. I think the thing that has fantasy football players scratching their head a little bit here is when the, the when the Lions go to a two receiver set near the goal line. It's Golden Tate who's on the sideline. The same Golden Tate who's caught at least 90 passes in each year that he's been with the Detroit Lions. Kenny Galladay has taken his spot, the promising second-year wide receiver that was a third-round pick last year out of Northern Illinois. He's on the field with Marvin Jones, so are we going to see less of Golden Tate as his as he enters the final year of his contract? Very curious what's going on there with Detroit. Also, Luke Wilson, guy who's never caught more than 20 passes, or like 23 passes is the most that he's had during his five seasons in Seattle. Is he going to play a bigger part catching the football now that Eric Ebron's gone. Can we look at Luke Wilson as a 40-50 catch guy uh, coming out of this Lions offense? Uh, you know, so a, a lot of moving parts there in Detroit. I, I don't think this is a team that's a finished product quite yet, even though Bob Quinn's been their GM for two years and setting the stage with Patriot-style signings and things like that, and Matt Patricia now comes in as head coach, but I think this is still a little bit of a work in progress uh, for this 2018 Lions, cl- Lions club. Alex, it, 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 if Certainly, there are a lot of rookie quarterbacks, the, the vast majority of them, that, that can't defy their circumstances. They need help, whether it be from the coaching staff or the weapons and, and the people around them. When you look at the rookie quarterback class, which, which quarterback is in the best situation right now? I mean, you know, if you're Baker Mayfield, you're in a pretty darn, darn good situation because there, are, there is some talent on this team. The way the offensive line played the other night, and I tried not to read into preseason football too much, but, you know, they, they really dominated against the Buffalo Bills. They kicked their tails up front. They played really, really well. You know, they have a multitude of running backs. And, you know, you have a really quality, you know, David Njoku emerging as a tight end, you would think, as long as he keeps on the jugs machine. I kid, but you get my point. <laughs> That's hard, hard knock reference there. Yes, and, I like it. And you got Juice, you know, Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, and the other Juice, Kajust, uh, you know, who's also trying to make a push <laughs> at the wide receiver spot, Antonio Callaway. But, but, you know, and some good players there. But I just think the thing that benefits Baker is that there's no, there's no gun to his head to have to start. So I think when you talk about a situation, that's a great situation. I look at what Josh Allen may have to work with with the Buffalo Bills. Who on that wide receiving room scares you? 
You know, nobody. Right? I mean, and, and the offensive line is shaky. You know, if, if you're Sam Darnold, that's the worst tight end situation in football. You've got okay wide receivers and okay running backs, but a very shaky offensive line yourself there. And, you know, Josh Rosen, I, this is Sam Bradford's team until he gets hurt, is basically how I look at it. Now, that could be tomorrow. It could be, you know, you get the jokes. I get it. I like Sam a lot personally, professionally. I hope he's able to stay healthy for a season. He is worlds ahead of Josh Rosen right now, but Josh would have some talent to work with uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, a team that I I think a lot, but you know, when the offseason began, if I had to rank one to 32, I would have probably had the Cardinals at 32. I'm moving them up a little bit here, but because David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, these are still some blue chip players on offense. And same thing goes on the defensive side of the football with Patrick Peterson, Chandler Jones. But, you know, I, I don't know how ready Josh is. He is improving each week, but really, he, you know, when training camp began, trust me, his head was swimming a little bit. I talked to him about it. It, it was frustrating for him, but he, but he stayed the course. But I think just a little bit more time needed before he's truly ready to push Sam Bradford for any sort of playing time. Alex, are we ever going to see Andrew Luck look like the old Andrew Luck again? We're hoping, right? You know, that's what we're hoping. But see, I want to see the Andrew Luck that actually wasn't getting the tar kicked out of him. You know what I mean? Because that's that's actually the last image I have in my mind of Andrew Luck, a guy who was taking a beating. And, you know, when you bring in Frank right now, think about what they've done on offense. You brought in a guy who helped coordinate a Super Bowl-winning team that beat the New England Patriots that saw their quarterbacks improve. Both Carson Wentz and Nick Foles improved in the type of offense that was being run. You could say it was Doug Peterson's offense, whatever, but Frank Reich's got it. He's a former NFL quarterback. You know, he's got the K-gun. And, in fact, if you think about it, there's, a, there's two ways to go with, with how you treat a franchise quarterback, right? You either say, okay, well, we're going to have a defensive-minded coach, but they better have a strong offensive coordinator. You know, which is what happened with Mike Smith in Atlanta for a long time, the development of Matt Ryan. Or we're going to have a quarterback whisperer, and we're going to have a guy that that is totally in tune with the quarterback, and then we'll let the defensive coordinator position take care of itself. You saw that with Sean McVay, uh, with Jared Goff, and the improvement you had there. You see the hiring of Matt Nagy, and that'll work with Mitchell Trubisky. So I think this this is giving Andrew Luck a fighting chance with the Colts. The problem is the Colts' defense is razor thin when it comes to depth. And, you know, you look at the Colts and their skill position talents, you don't have a defined starting running back to take some of the heat off of off of him. The wide receivers, it's T.Y. Hilton. Maybe Ryan Grant will be able to, to make an impact there, and then not a whole heck of a lot there. You're decent at tight end. Eric Ebron may be able to step up and truly live up to his potential, and you got Jack Doyle. But, it, you know, I think we're not going to know how good Andrew Luck really is. I mean, we'll, we'll know if the arm is good, but whether he can become the Andrew Luck that's putting the, the Colts on the cusp of a Super Bowl, we may not know that till 2019 or even 2020. Alex, you could probably file this question under first world problems, but are we are we maybe naive to think that the Eagles quarterback situation is just going to be smooth no matter what happens between Foles and Wentz? I, I mean, they've made it defined. That's the thing that's nice about it, and Nick Foles gets it. Okay, and and that's the thing, you know, he's he's a humble guy, and you know he knows that he's going to get his chance to start again in this league, and he had a choice, you know, he could have gone to the Cleveland Browns, right? I mean, had he wanted to play, and it's like, no, nah, I, I got to get out there. He he's been in a bad situation. He's played under Jeff Fisher, okay? He knows about bad offenses, so he doesn't want to be in that position again. If you're Nick Foles, you're really, you know, while trying to prove something this year and knowing that you may have to play because Carson Wentz, we're just still not sure yet if he'll be ready for Week One against the Falcons, and you know, obviously. Injuries can happen at any time, but I think Nick Foles is in a really good spot. And and you saw Carson Wentz and how he just got better and better and better, and the, and the Eagles aren't expecting that to change as he comes back from this knee injury. You know, of course, Alshon Jeffrey, if he has to start the season on PUP, that ends up hurting you. Uh, but I just think this, this Eagles team is, is really, from a talent standpoint, they are, they are right, should be right back in that Super Bowl mix. Alex Marvez, always great stuff. Thanks, bud. 
Gentlemen, thank you. All right, there he goes, Alex Marvez, every single Sunday right here on Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, with Nick Bob, Mark Willard coming up next. Which teams have the worst quarterback situation right now heading into the season? That's coming up. They suck. All right, great news. Quick way you can save some money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Did you hear me? kind of fantasy geek out to Alex Marvez like instead of <laughs> like, yeah, I like I liked it yeah I liked like it. I I disguised a fantasy question as an NFL yeah. question what'd you think of it that's a veteran move right there yeah. but let me tell you Mar- I saw right through it I, I, I saw right I, through I heard you giggle <laughs> I heard you giggle I did I'm like he, yeah Nick Nick Nick's yeah. on to me I'm on to you uh, I'm on to you <laughs> but aren't, aren't we all there right now yes like I, I have a draft Friday night I have a draft next Monday uh, not being tomorrow, but you know, in in a week, uh, eight days, whatever. And um, I'm I'm like everybody else. I, it, whenever something is not occupying my mind, like if I'm cooking, if I'm working, if I'm doing something with the kids, if my wife is talking to me about something, okay. Outside of that, the minute the mind rests, it's like, all right, I have pick ten. Let me see. <laughs> Who's going to be available at number 10? Let me think here. All right. And I'm running. Uh, there's a site where I where you, you can do. Here we go. Well, you can do uh, uh, simulations. So, oh, like, man, people. You are. Yeah. Wow. Pe- well, people participate in mock drafts, which is ridiculous because you literally have to wait for everybody to make all these picks. I know it goes quickly. There's a site I go to. You can just do a simulation. It's just you, and when it's not your turn, it'll go, and then it's your turn again. You can be, you're done in a minute and a half. I like it. I it, listen. I I'm the type of get whatever. You got to be. I don't care what you're into, but you got to be really into it. You know, like you got to have an interest, and I yeah. want you all in on it. <laughs> yes. And, you know, no one wants the ho hum fantasy guy. Oh. You know, the guy that's like, I don't know what. Uh, DeMarco Murray's still with the Cowboys, right? You're like, oh, God, well, come on, You, you man. want a couple of those guys in your league because you can beat them True. to a pulp. But True. here's where they screw everything up. It, you're so right. If you half-step your participation in a fantasy yeah. league, if I offer you a trade <laughs> and three days later you have not responded, come on, just know... I'm furious with you. <laughs> fuming. You, Just fuming. You're no longer invited to the reunion. I, I like yeah. I'm so mad. It's like, come on. I know right. I'm busy too, but there's nothing more important than fantasy football on this trade right now. <laughs> if you don't like it, like fine. It. If you don't like it, fine. Just say no. Don't leave it twisting in the wind. Oh, it kills me. I love it. So, so there isn't any sort of mock <laughs> draft situation or scenario that you aren't 100% ready for right now. I feel ready. Well, except for here's the thing. The the simulation, and I'll give people <clears throat> the site because now they're probably annoyed. They're like, where say, can I do it? Yeah, where can I do it? Yeah. yeah um, they're not paying me. But anyway, it's called fantasypros.com. Okay. Uh, I think there are probably more out there too, but that's just the one that I've used. Go to fantasypros.com and and then you can do these simulations. The problem with the simulations is they're doing it in a smart way. The people you're playing against are not smart. Your friends are not smart and therefore 
they're going to do stuff you didn't see coming no matter <laughs> no matter how many simulations you do. So you're like, I think in round three, A, B, C, and D might be available. And then you'll get to round three and E, you know, F, G, H, I are available <laughs> because your friends are dummies. It's yeah, it's like, who was it? Was it Tampa Bay that drafted a kicker the other right. the, the, a couple years ago in real life? <laughs> exactly. It was like, whoa, whoa. You know, whoever was drafting after that was like, wait a minute, what? Huh? Really? Well, well I'm if, not ready. If you believe the stories out of Denver, that's what happened at pick five. That's right. what happened at pick five in the draft. Uh, when, uh, you know, there, the, gosh, the, who was it? I, Buffalo was ready to make a trade to get up and, you know, get Josh Allen or whatever. And Denver was like, cool, that's fine. Cause there's no one we're in love with here because the Browns are going to take Chubb. Yep. And then they didn't take Chubb and the Broncos called the bills and they're like, yeah, so about that <laughs> trade, sorry, we're taking Chubb. Uh, peace out. <laughs> so yeah, your 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 partners will do interesting things that you didn't no see coming. No question about it. Um, all no right. Question. Um, I might have just spoiled the uh, beans. I bet you and I are going to come up with the same team. We have not doc- talked about this. Pick one team. We can throw a few more in afterwards. But if you had to highlight one team, it's got the worst quarterback situation in football right now. Who do you go with? I mean, it's hard not that there are more than a few. But it is it is hard not to feel like the Broncos quarterback situation isn't just pretty terrible at this point. Same one. You know, yep. Yep. It, it's you know Case Keenum again, much like much like we talked about with Bortles a year ago. No one no one felt like Case Keenum was a, a franchise quarterback. Now he had a great situation last year in Minnesota that might have elevated him. And to to a career year, I say might definitely elevated him. Yep. And you you look at Paxton Lynch, that guy's on a one way ticket to Bustville right now. <laughs> oh, he got I mean, booed. He, he got, got booed, booed in a preseason game at home. And now and now Chad Kelly, is, from from Ole Miss, has is the number two quarterback. Right. I think it's Denver. I'm totally with you, and here's why. There are other teams. I'm sure a lot of people are mentioning Buffalo, at least in their minds right now. But here's the thing. Uh, I don't know what Josh Allen's going to be, somewhere between amazing and Jalen Ramsey's trash. Um, (laughs) But he might be good. He might be good. What I would love to see, what a fan I think would love to see from any team, is have a plan. So it doesn't mean that you need to be good now. Like Arizona right now is probably not going to have a great year. But they've got a plan, and I like Josh Rosen. Uh, I look at Baltimore. I'm not sure if they have a plan, but – it, there's something going on there. They're going to use Lamar Jackson in some sort of a way, and they're they're sending a message to Flacco. So every team out there either has a plan or a really good player in place, except for I came up with four teams, and the Broncos are the highlighted member of this group. But here's a couple more. Yeah, give um, it to me. I'm curious okay. of what you had here. The Bengals. The, yeah. Bengals, the Bengals don't love Andy Dalton. And now, not only do they not have a plan, they had a backup who was thought to potentially be at least a placeholder or serviceable, and they tried to trade him, and the Browns messed that up, and whatever, he ends up a free agent, and he's gone, and now he's in Buffalo. I couldn't even tell you who the Bengals' backup is. I know that the world does not love Andy Dalton. We're certainly... Uh, at least all in agreement that he's not a Super Bowl quarterback, even if he's okay. But what's the plan there going forward? Right. I don't know. Right. 
And and that's that's the thing that you got to distinguish with. There's different when, when you talk about quarterback situations, you can have a good situation. It doesn't mean they're necessarily a great quarterback room right now. Yeah. And and that's what you're that's what you're getting at. Like like do I love do I love the Bears quarterback situation? Eh. I mean, listen, the jury's out on Trubisky. I'm not all the way out, but I'm not all the way in either. But at least they appear to be like, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna ride the Trubisky train here for a little bit. And at least like you're saying that that's a that's a plan. Can I? Yes. Give, give me. I'm going to give you a situation that could be trending towards bad. Okay. Tampa Bay. All right. I thought of them, but I left anybody out if I feel like you have somebody young. I, to me, Tampa Bay and Chicago are no different. They're just a year further along in the process. Gotcha. Okay. That's fair. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know fully about Jameis yet. But are we ready to say no? I don't think we're there either, are we? No. I, I mean, n- not completely. N- not not completely. But at the same time, you just want – the guy's a walking bad decision on and off the field right now. Yeah. And that's not good. Right. And with this, the four-game suspension, you just wonder at what point does that situation become really sour on more ways than one one. That I, I'm not, again. It's it's just, it's much like the bear. I'm not all the way. I'm not all in. I'm not all out. It's it. I, I just I wouldn't touch it. It'd be one of those kind of the, those those stocks, and I'm not I'm not gonna really really touch at this point. Here's another one that I am um, scratching my head about a little bit right now, and I'm a big fan of Saquon Barkley, but it didn't make mm. sense to me at number two overall, and it's the Giants. I mean, I get that they do have an established guy. He may not be done yet, but I don't think he's as good as the world thinks he is, simply because he won two Super Bowls. And I don't see the plan. I mean, again, I'm looking at teams who are like, okay, our guy is somewhere between mediocre and okay and solid, but he's probably not going to put us on his back to win a Super Bowl, and we have no idea what we're doing next. I think the Giants fit that description. Totally. I, I completely agree. It, the the I mean, he had a crying Eli Manning at one point last year. I mean, remember the lip quiver when he was getting benched? You yes. just you wonder where his head is at, and that yeah, that situation. But here's the thing, though, with him is you you I feel like with Sterling Shepard, Odell Beckham Jr., and Barkley, there's going to be enough weapons there that's going to elevate Eli a little bit. But it does feel like you're just kind of delaying the inevitable of you have to have a succession plan or or or, or just a plan in general of what your quarterback situation is going to look like. And it, it appeared like they were going to head down that path of like turning the page and figuring out what that was. But here they are now uh, with the season two weeks from now, and you go they're they're kind of in the exact same spot as they were at the end of last year at yep. that quarterback spot. Yep, yep. And then the last one I have on my list is a little bit uh, off the beaten track because they were not only a playoff team, they were a couple of minutes away from the Super Bowl. But I got the Jags on here. So do I. You know totally. why? And, and, and the reason being is if you replaced Blake Bortles with someone else, aren't we talking about them as a Super Bowl favorite? Right. Right. I mean, that, that, that roster is ready to go. Like the re- the other 20, 21 guys are ready to rock top to bottom, you know, top and, to bottom, both sides of the ball, and it's just it's the same sort of thing we talk about with Case Keenum, where you, ultimately when you have a big enough sample size, which between Bortles and Keenum, we, we kind of we've developed a, a, an enough enough of a sample size. Trubisky, we don't know, you know, I mean, there's not a huge sample size, right? But over the course of time, you kind of are what your resume says you are, and Bortles and Keenum a year ago 
were guys that you that that no one would have been falling over themselves to make sure as they're starting quarterbacks. And I have a hard time feeling like one year totally makes up for the the what you've been throughout the the course of your career. So I'm to, I totally agree that that was the other one I wrote down for trending towards bad. Right, right. Terod Taylor next year, Jacksonville. Yep. How good would that, that be? Ooh, Wouldn't that be ooh. fun? That's exciting right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Okay, uh, with Nick Ball, Mark Willard, Fox Sports Radio, having a great time. And uh, coming up next, we'll get back to Ohio State and the NBA making an example that the NFL is following but shouldn't. That's all coming up here in a minute. But right now, Steve DeSager, let's get him in here for the latest. Steve, what do we got? We'll start with NFL. As Cowboys All-Pro guard Zach Martin was hurt last night, had an MRI on the injured knee. The team was optimistic it was not serious, and it turns out no ligament damage. So the MRI is encouraging. One report says he could play the opener still. The Chiefs signed defensive back Orlando Skandrick. He was cut by Washington last week. The Redskins are having tryouts for running backs. Jamal Charles and Orleans Darkwa reportedly today. Adrian Peterson will visit the Redskins tomorrow. The Bengals cut starting safety George Iloka. He was due over $5 million this season. Quarterback A.J. McCarron of the Bills is getting a second opinion on his shoulder injury. New England running back Rex Burkhead returned to practice. He's had a bad knee. L.A. Chargers safety Jalen Watkins suffered a torn ACL last night. Longtime Colts announcer Bob Lamey retired. To Major League Baseball, three games of note in progress. The Houston Astros have come back to take the lead at Oakland 6-4, top of the fifth inning. Justin Verlander on the mound today. He has allowed a couple home runs to the A's. Chris Davis, who has 36 this year. The Dodgers scored five runs in the first. They're up 5 nothing at Seattle, top of the fourth inning. Bases loaded, two outs for L.A. Clayton Kershaw on the mound today for the Dodgers. And the first place team in the NL West, Arizona, is tied 2-2 at San Diego, bottom of the fifth. Already Colorado has won its game 4-2 at Atlanta, so the Rockies for now are tied for first in the NL West. Pittsburgh has homered in the 11th to beat the Cubs 2-1. Miami and the White Sox with wins. Milwaukee got a 2-1 victory at St. Louis. Victories for Cincinnati and Cleveland. For the Yankees, and Tampa Bay, which hit two solo homers and won 2 nothing at Boston. And guys, are you aware that Kevin Spacey projects are still making their way to theaters? We're talking about the disgraced former Oscar winner. Apparently his current movie is Billionaire Boys Club, based on what made headlines in Southern California in the news in the 1980s. Hollywood Reporter says it first premiered on Video On Demand and then secretly trying to get something out of this project. They've released it this weekend in eight theaters scattered across the country. The report is it grossed for Friday $126. Dollars, not thousands. Wow. $126 in the eight theaters nationally. And yesterday another 162 bucks. So they're close to 300 bucks for the weekend and they're projecting maybe over 400 total by the end of the weekend. Oh hey, my what god. What's the are... budget for the film though? We got to think about that, guys, all right? It was actually only $72. So they're they're <laughs> They are in the black. They said that at one AMC theater, Antioch, California, Friday's gross was $9. Well, wait a minute. It would have to be. Listen, if it's in eight theaters and you said how much it made, $126? For Friday, yeah, that's like that, that's like two people per theater. <laughs> They're this saying is, going to the movies is like fifteen dollars. How is that? that that's like that's like what do we got? We had less than ten people went so, to see this. Yeah, so the nine bucks. And this is for the whole day. Yeah, nine. The one movie, nine dollars at one theater Friday. So it was one guy <laughs> buying a ticket. I love, well, I love that they pointed out. Oh, this theater only made nine. I would think the top theater only made like twenty-two. 
And of course, <laughs> of course the one ticket bought was probably Kevin Spacey yeah, solo exactly. these days. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, Mrs. Spacey saw it. And, uh, no, no, no such thing. Anyway, well, mom, you know, there's mom somewhere. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, not she, sure she at this point either. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull the ripcord on this one. Uh, okay, good stuff, Steve. Thank you very much. That's interesting <laughs> and weird all at the yep. same time. All right, live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Geico.com, 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. The give and go is coming up in 10 minutes. Some of the top things that we didn't get to, we will. Uh, but the top thing that we uh, we did get to, except for we haven't really gotten to it yet, this is weird. It, weren't you expecting some sort of news from Ohio State by now? Yes. We got the word that we were going to have some sort of an announcement, at least the next step in the process. Uh, but, of course, the president of Ohio State earlier this week, maybe he foreshadowed that today would not give us what we were looking for because he was asked, when is this going to be final? And he says it's going to be done when it's done. There, there, Nick, there's some sort of frustration going on here. And while, uh, while I think – it taking this long suggests they're not going to get rid of Urban Meyer. I'd also say now the extended period that it's taking and noon Zach Smith news coming out during that time suggests to me that, I don't know, there's some discussion still going on here about what to do next. I agree. I, and I think that I think it's clear that, that well, uh, let me just say this, Ohio State, in all reality, they've handled this perfectly if the end result is keeping Urban Meyer. Because PR 101 in 2018 says whenever you're in the crossfire of a, a, a very, very toxic, outrageous story, delay it. Delay, 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 delay. Because interest and kind of outrage dissipates. I mean, think about from when this story started, everything that's happened. Sent. You've had the NFL preseason has started. Right. NFL's king. Tiger Woods took over the world a week ago. <laughs> yeah. Maryland football, this program imploded mm-hmm. with everything that took place. Like, it, I will say Ohio State has has handled this perfectly from the standpoint of if they're going, if the end result is keeping Urban Meyer, just delay it, delay it, delay it. Because the, right now, the, the the media and and people were like piranhas. Like we feast on a story for a little bit, and then we just get distracted by the next story. But that's why I'm interested. Like, why I'm so fascinated that we haven't had it in any news today. Yes, because that kind of creates that uh, that that interest back into it. Everybody kind of was waiting. I've re- I sat all morning refreshing Twitter, refreshing Twitter. Where, where's the news? Yep. And we still don't have it. We yep. don't got it. And by the way, let's not forget what today is. All across the world, no matter where you are, you know what today is. We call it Sunday, and it's a really good yeah. time in some respects, especially early to drop something you don't want to drop. Friday night is even better. But when I heard, and, and this is the way, you know, uh, damage control, PR experts, communications, this is the way that they'll handle this, which is if they've got something that they feel is going to be difficult, and I really don't see how this won't be, whether you're firing him, suspending him, not suspending him, uh, obviously starting to point the fingers at other members of the athletic department, whatever it is that's about to come out, Ohio State doesn't want to do that on a Monday morning. No. That's the last time of the week that you want to do it because, as you just said, that feast from the media, from the fans, everything, now you're giving it a good, solid four-and-a-half-day run. That's not what Ohio State wants, so I'm shocked we've gotten to this point of the day and haven't gotten some sort of response. 
I don't know if you agree with this, but when I, when I first heard that two-week number, that hey, it's going to take two weeks, yeah. I kind of scratched my head and said, just from the standpoint of you're looking at the investigation itself, it's not necessarily the most complicated investigation in the world. If everyone followed protocol, I would think there's documented proof of that, of Urban reported this on this date, here's what happened here. I, this isn't. It's not like you're having to go. Okay, we got to go to Sydney, Australia. We got to get some DNA, bring it back here. Right. We got to go to. We got to go to Moscow, get some soil there, and and run that through the. Le- like this isn't that complicated of an investigation. Of at the end of the day, we're trying to figure out what did Urban Meyer know? When did he know it? What did he do with the information? When he had, well, when, when he had it, you're totally right, and it's also why I don't really believe already, even though we haven't heard what they're going to say next. I kind of inherently already don't buy it, and it's not yeah, only for too. that. It's not only for that point where they listen. If they 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 built an extra time, what that probably is is to dip their toe in the water and hear everybody respond. They're going to hear the media, the fans. What's everybody saying? Is, is everybody freaking out? Would Urban Meyer? Would they rip us and criticize us if we keep Urban Meyer? So there might be some of that. But listen, if you're going to take any investigation at face value, how are you going to put an end date on it? Right. How are you going right. to tell me when you start an investigation when it's going to be over? You can't know when it's going to be over because you don't know what you're going to go find. Right. So an investigation doesn't have an end date if we're to take it seriously. So the whole thing feels uh, a, a little bit concocted and and as if they're really focused mainly on damage control, not what's right. And and quite frankly, Nick, that's not very surprising. No, it's not. And and as you said, the you, you can put an end date on an investigation if you want to make sure that investigation arrives at a certain conclusion all, bef- before it starts. Yes. And I, I hate to sound cynical, but it's hard to not feel that that that's the that's the sense I get from this right now. That it it feels like when the for, the story first broke, I thought I was like, boy, I tell you what, it feels like it's it is. You know, seventy-five percent sure Urban Meyer is going to be fired in a span of two and a half weeks. I have flipped completely. Yep. That it feels like Urban Meyer is more seventy-five percent, eighty percent going to be uh, okay. He's going to remain the head coach at Ohio State, and that's just it's. And at the end of the day, nothing's really happened other than they said we'll let you know in two weeks. Well, here we are. Haven't heard anything. Yep. Mark Weather, Nick Bob, Fox Sports Radio, and the Give and Go is next. All right, great news. Quick way you can save some money, switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance with Nick Bob, Mark Willard. This has been fun today, bud. Been a blast. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, flew by. Really good to have that whack job Danny Woodhead on. Yeah, survived that. That that. That almost (laughs) derailed things, but we survived it. (laughs) Um, And thanks to Alex Marvez and Bruce Feldman as well. And uh, and thank you to Ohio State for nothing. (laughs) <laughs> uh thanks for nothing so yeah, we it, I, I i i the whole time i was like okay we're gonna we're gonna have a plan yeah and then <laughs> Ohio state's gonna well, announce some stuff and it's gonna take things over but it didn't happen i mean that's our business right i mean we yep. do that like last night i sat down and i'm like well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna prepare too many things because i'm pretty sure by the time we start it's gonna be a whole new world and we're gonna yep. be diving into you know ohio state stuff so that was in the back of my mind, and, you know, here we are, and um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting. So uh, I have an idea instead. Why don't we do the give and go? Let's go. It's give and go. Give, 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 give and go. Give, go, go. Give, go, go. Give, give and go. Here's give and go.
Okay, producer Ryan Dennis, the baton is yours. What do you got for us? All right, yeah, so I mean, obviously a big LeBron fever going on now that he's a part of the Los Angeles Lakers, but the other team in Los Angeles, the Clippers, Steve Ballmer recently said to the Los Angeles Times, we're moving to Inglewood come hell or high water. What do you guys think? Good move, or is it just kind of we need to find our own pace here as the Clippers. No, it's a terrible move. He, he's right that they should move come hell or high water out of L.A. Listen, this is a long-standing opinion of mine. It's nothing against any particular franchise. And there are some in New York that because of the history would make this difficult. But I firmly do not believe that two teams from the same sport should ever be in the same city. It just doesn't functionally make any sense to me. In your own city, you shouldn't be booed. When Chris Paul would go to a Dodger game, he would get booed. What is the point of sport if when you win, you're not unifying your fan base in your city? That's kind of the entire point. So Clippers and Chargers and Brooklyn Nets and Chicago White Sox and all of that stuff, I'm sure there are a line of wonderful cities who would love to have you. Totally agree. I mean, no matter what, the Clippers will will always be in the shadow of the Lakers. There's pretty much nothing that could ever change that. And you have to accept that as a franchise and realize that you're never going to be able to maximize your fan base, anything really with your entire organization if you stay in L.A. So I understand I understand Steve Ballmer's uh, point, but I think uh, I'm with you. You need to get not just uh, not go down the road to Inglewood. You need to get out of California. Yeah. By the way, with the Clippers and Chargers, I know the cities that would love to have them. It's called <laughs> San Diego and Seattle. Not not difficult here, guys. Agree. All right, for this next one, guys, uh, Philly legend, or I guess, you know, longtime Philly tight end, Brent Selleck, he was asked <laughs> earlier today, he's still without a team right now. So, I mean, he's he's old, he's getting out, up there at that point, but when asked if the Dallas Cowboys came a-knocking, would he take the deal, he said, hell no. Do you think I would go play for the Cowboys? Philly is my home. If they offered me $10 million, I still wouldn't go. I'd have a few offers, but there's no way Dallas would be in the mix for me. Crazy? Or uh, is there something to be said about that longstanding rivalry? Nick, what do you think? I think, uh, here, in my opinion, in everyone can say a certain thing, but everyone has a price. And if that uh, that price is $10 million a year, you're going to go play for that rival if the alternative is playing golf with Danny Woodhead every weekend or something like that. I mean, so I, I understand the rivalries, but sometimes that stuff, you know, outside of like Yankees, Red Sox, but even that, we've seen different things happen there. I think some of those bitter rivalries more more are, are college-related type things. Listen, if if the price is right, everyone will put on any sort of uniform for the and go play somewhere. I, I, this is interesting. I actually buy a little bit about what he's saying, but it is because of money. Your point is a good one, but here's what I think sometimes fans forget. The money-making opportunities for a guy when he retires – are much higher if you did, for instance, stay your entire career with one team, especially if you won a Super Bowl. So would Brent Selleck going to the Cowboys for, let's say, $5 million, how much is he giving up in future money-making opportunities in Philadelphia because he became a Cowboy? Maybe not a lot. Maybe something, but I, I, I tell you what, like I saw Steph Curry this week say he wants to be a career warrior There is a value to that, especially in a market like that, Silicon Valley. 
if you can play your whole career top to bottom in one spot, you're a legend in that city forever. Yeah. I, I, you know, you think about a guy like Paul Pierce. Now, I know he's still revered in, in Boston, but the fact that he put on a Nets uniform and then put on a Clippers, Clippers uniform, you, just, yeah. you, you wonder if that hurts things a little bit. Yeah, I think it's just about you know short-term, long-term, and thinking about in the long-term, you, you're right, Mark. You, you probably could make more money uh, if you stuck with one franchise. That's a good point. All right, guys, for this last one, I thought it was a, a little bit humorous on this one. So I don't really – I don't follow him, so I, I'm not sure how active he is. But Colin Kaepernick recently – I don't know if John Elway is going to like his uh, his Twitter activity lately. Somebody tweeted out John Elway's QB rating, which was 79.9, and then they tweeted out Colin Kaepernick's QB rating, and Kaepernick retweeted that whole rating. So I don't know. Is this uh, is this being a little petty? Uh, on whose part? Well, I mean, who's who's being more petty, I listen, guess. Listen, listen, if you're on social media, you're petty. That's the entire point. <laughs> so, uh, to me, the petty one is a guy who suddenly says, oh, uh, you can't come back here. You had your chance, and you didn't take it. Coming out of the same mouth who had Brock Osweiler do the exact same thing a year <laughs> later and then brought him back. So, he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth. John Elway is the one being petty here, not Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I know they say yeah, two wrongs don't make it right, but hey, man, I mean, it, it feels like if Elway wouldn't have, have gone there, I don't think uh, Kaepernick, what would you say, retweeted it or liked it or whatever. Right. I don't know if Kaepernick even goes there as well. So I don't want to go down the eye for an eye route, but come on, man. I mean, who who, who threw the first stone here in the, in the latest little uh, – Little back and forth. I love it's what you. Way. I love what you just did there. You just took me to like an elementary school playground and went with. He started it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That, he started that's always, it. That, that's the. It's, I, hey, it's a great defense. <laughs> it's a great. It stands it's, in the court of law too. You know, it works in the principal's office. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Every it does. Time. He started it. Um, all right, Nick Ball, Mark Willer, Nick. Again, lots of fun. Thank you so much. Had a blast, Mark. Thank you. All right. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.